0: Bev's Video Kingdom is intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Welcome to Bez Video Kingdom. This is Nate, and it is my week to choose, and I chose one of my all-time favorite movies, Hoosiers. So in 2004, I went through and I ranked my top 100 movies. Actually, it started out as a title. The the file on my computer says top 10 movies, and there's 100 with 70 honorable mentions. So (laughs) I had a lot of time on my hands, apparently. Uh, And so uh, I I went back and I looked, and in 2004, Hoosiers was number three on the list. So, and, and, and I've sort of thought about updating this and this is no, this is genre non-specific. This is my favorite movies of all time. And so I saved Hoosiers. So I saved my, my three favorite movies for when we went live. And so we're now doing number two, just a couple weeks after Shawshank. I want to also point out, as soon as I kick it to Brad, how many of my favorite movies Brad hasn't seen, but we'll get there in a minute. So Hoosiers was, uh, directed by David Anspaugh. Uh, It came out with a $6 million budget. It was generally regarded at the time as an incredibly successful movie, but I think it's safe to say that Over time, it was the the sort of lore and and love for the movie grew to a true, like, fever pitch. So I think, you know, USA Today, ESPN, all in the last couple of decades have ranked it the top sports movie of all time. I doubt anything has come along to challenge that. Um, So it was hugely successful. It came out in 1987 it's definitely the best basketball movie of all time in my view. And I don't know there's a serious dispute about that. So, you know, any, any serious contenders probably come from baseball, maybe football. Um, And so this movie for me is like, you know, and I'll just say really quickly, you know, why I love it. And I've talked over and over again about loving it at different times on the pod. But like when I was a kid, I, you know, I saw this when I was eight years old, you know, nine years old and I probably, after that, won the Indiana State Basketball Championship in my backyard about a thousand times. (laughs) Like, Jimmy Chitwood, elbow jumper, bang, over and over and over again. Like, this was the movie that sort of played in my head when I practiced basketball. I loved basketball. I still love basketball. I still play, you know, old man basketball. And so at the time, for me, this movie was, you know, everything that was romantic for me about trying to become a basketball player. And like, you know, high school basketball heroes were my heroes at the time. Now I look back on it and it's, it's really great commentary on a time in my life and a type of social dynamic that I find super fascinating. I'm back, you know, I live in the small town I grew up in now with a lot of years behind me. And I see, you know, the positives and some of the negatives of like the way that sports play in and all the complication of that. And Hoosier is a sort of like a really interesting part of that conversation for me. So for me, you know, the movie just, it speaks different things. And for me, it's held up as a great one, but I'm not going to go on too long because we have a great guest I'm gonna kick it to Nick, and then I'm gonna kick it to Brad. uh, But I'll I'll make sure I shame him before I do that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right.
2: Well, uh, yeah. I mean, this is up there as far as my, you know, favorite movies. It's for sure. I mean, I feel like top, maybe top three, um, sports movies ever. I was thinking back to again. I can't remember when I first saw it, but I feel like this is one of the first movies that I got legit, legitimate chills two in a sports movies and that chill moment that you talk about with all great sports movies all the great ones have it you know the four of us have you know you know competing in sports you know um on competitive level in high school and then you know um, i play a little college ball too but experiencing sports at that level and playing it and then watching a sports movie i feel like one of my gauges for like if a if a sports movie is successful in my eyes it it gives you that chill moment and it puts you in, in that seat and it gives you that chill moment and multiple times more than just one sitting, every sitting, you know, yeah. and that's why you keep rewatching. Well, not just multiple keep...
1: times, but multiple spots throughout the movie. Right. One of the things that I, I you know, like I've been watching the movie Warrior a lot lately yeah. and eventually we'll do that one again. But like one of the things that Hoosiers has in common is that there's multiple moments throughout the movie where it gives you that like feeling that some, most movies don't even give you once, right? Yes. You have it four or five times, you know, Right.
2: And, and it um, delivers. So the sports connection, um, the, the small town, you know, where we're from connecting with that um, and then... Also, just focusing in on how important, how big a role the musical score plays in every great sports movie. And just that, the way that that score hits right at the perfect moment in these different ways and different moments. It's a take that, like, is there anything more important than, than the musical score in a, in a good sports movie to give you those chills or bring the, you know, start the tears. And I feel like I come back to that every time. Yeah. Um, and so, between the musical score sports connection you know that we all share, our small town connection, I just keep coming back to those three and it's and it 's why it 's a classic, and I keep coming back to it over and over. It moves quickly to me every single time yeah it doesn 't seem like it 's right at that two hour mark at all yeah to me, it flies by, and uh I just enjoy watching it every single time it 's on it 's been a while since I watched it and i and, you know I can wait to hear what Brad and Zach's. <laughs> so, 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 so,
1: so Zach's going to join us a little bit apropos uh, to the pod. He's coaching Little League baseball, and he's, gonna, he's scrambling to get here. So he'll jump in when he can. But Brad hadn't seen it before this. I want to point out just for you regular listeners that two of my top three favorite movies of all time, Shawshank Redemption and Hoosiers, my best friend of 40 years, who loves movies and now is on a movie podcast, <laughs> had not seen. So uh, h-
3: h- how you doing over there, asshole? Um, yeah, so I, I feel like I have less reasoning for seeing this one than 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 Shawshank, which both of them are pretty ludicrous. But uh, I grew up in a football family. My my dad was the uh, the head coach of our of our small town football team. Football was just part of our lifeblood, and so small town football, particularly, uh, it just so happened that that our uh, uh, Nate. Nick and our, our generation was just a, a very high point of our of our small town athletics across the board football basketball and everything so it was uh, it was a, a fun time to be going to school um, just building those bonds with your teammates and 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 just having a lot of fun being a, a, a small town that is really having a lot of success and 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 that's the thing that kind of resonates is that that small town underdog feeling. You're always feeling like, oh, these other towns think that we're trash. Oh, they're just a bunch of little farm boys. They don't, they don't know sports and and we would always show them up. Especially, I mean, I just th- I think back at even you know, like junior high, we're playing like the the teams in basketball and stuff and, and Modesto and stuff. We'd go in there and we'd run them yeah. just because we were we were playing harder, we were playing better defense, and and we would take care of business even though we weren't. The most athletic teams. Well, and, and
1: you like mentioned that. like you know one of the things people don't realize and we're from we're in, we're in California, but we're not in L. A. or in San Francisco. We're in the middle of a big agricultural valley, so we're in a tiny town, and ag is what everybody does around here. So yeah, it feels familiar. All right, so so uh, so let, let
3: me get back real quick okay. to the to the, the the not seeing so so not seeing Hoosiers was never any intention. Um, I've seen most sports movies, and it's just one of those things that I just never sat down and watched, and I can't give a good reason why. Well, David, you're, uh, you're, on,
1: you're on probation. Uh, our,
3: our director that were uh, uh, that that uh, the director this movie it also did Rudy, and it's like Rudy is one of my top films of all time. I love Rudy with such a passion, and it's such a great movie. Yet I don't think I actually, and this is just my own fault. I don't think I ever put it together that Rudy was also the writer director, and and Jerry Goldsmith doing the score for both of those movies the, the perfect, i don't the, think i ever the, the actually knew trifecta. that do yep. not know i did not know that well you would have known it if you'd watched hoosiers i had
4: to jump in there i, I did not
1: <laughs> wait a minute I mean, somebody's here with us i think that's david Ann Spa, the director of hoosiers <laughs> what, what, what do you want to say david I hate to
4: interrupt all, but i actually didn't write either of those films
1: no no the, but, but no, the, the, the writer director combo and, and and the, Jerry and the score the three, the, of you, the three of you oh, were for those films yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Okay, but, but but we forget gotcha. it, it's a forgivable thing cuz the chances that Brad might not have any idea about good <laughs> who did good movies is that's I'd say that's a better than 50% bet oh man all right well so so I'm going to ask you so so in case your audience, your audience hadn't figured it out yet we we have David Anspa with us uh, for the for the Hoosiers episode tonight and so before we get to finding out what he's going to drink, I'm going to kick it to him and ask him, I'm not going to ask him what he thinks of the film, because I assume he, uh, I assume he likes it. But what I am going to ask is, when you finished the movie, right, and, and you, you sort of got to see what was, a, you know, roughly the final cut, did you know what you had? I mean, did you say, oh, I just made the best sports movie of all time? This is going to be a permanent classic and be the sort of hallmark of my career? Or, or did you think something else?
4: No, you got it absolutely right. That, that was my, <laughs> i have just finished, I, I, and and it was my first feature film. And by God, I kicked the first one right over, right through the field goal, man. I got—I made the best sports movie ever made without any question. <laughs> Amen. You, you know, Angela and I are both from small towns in Indiana, and our only hope our, not our only hope. We were turned down countless times over the years by studios and production companies saying, "Oh hell, who would, the, who would care about a bunch of you know kids running around in high top basketball shoes in the '50s and you know unless you grew up on a farm or you came from Indiana, whatever, nobody would care. Thank God we didn't fall into that into that trap, but most people did. And the funny thing is, because it is sort of people call it, you know, a little slice of Americana. But the the producer that fell in love with it and vowed to do it was John Daly, who's a Brit. He's a Brit. And he, he, was, he was a boxer, you know, like in Liverpool or something like that. And the reason that he fell for it was the father-son relationship between Shooter and his son. He wow. said that was my dad's story. And that's what made him sort of get behind it. And uh, is that Zach that just That's came
0: Zach. in? Zach just came in. So I just threw 50 I... pitches to 13 Little Leaguers <laughs> each, 50 pitches each, and uh, came here as fast as I could. Nice to meet you, David.
4: No, the truth is I don't know any director, I really don't, uh, that actually says, oh, God, maybe uh, <laughs> I can name a couple that might. <laughs> uh, I won't name <laughs>
1: But you you, you know, uh, but you know who you are out there. So just you know, (laughs) humble down a little bit.
4: (laughs) We were we were hoping it would work. I'll tell you though, at one point I was ready to quit the film. We were about midway through shooting, and Angelo had the original script was almost two hundred pages long, and I can't remember what what the original what the final shooting script was. I. Have a copy that I found just recently. But what do they uh, say about one
1: one, page, one minute a page? Is that what they usually think?
4: Yeah, and and Orion made a promise from the get go: we will not release this movie any more than two hours or an hour fifty five tops. And um, and we we had some vicious battles over that. And it's too bad because the movie could have been, I think, it would have been a little more. Uh, accessible to some people, there are certain things that tie up stories a little better, but we still sort of earned <laughs> some nice reviews, being voted one of the best sports movies of all time, or USA Today, or uh, Sports Illustrated, whoever it was. You know, I believe four stars we with Roger
3: to... Ebert, correct? Four stars, Roger Ebert. I, I think. Now
4: it's funny because Siskel, did you ever see his review of the movie? No oh, my God, you should really, you should, you should Google it. He literally, Oh, my God, he made such an ass of himself. And, you know, God bless you. I'm sorry. That, you know, but he literally asked after, after Ebert loved the movie, he goes, well, I'm telling you, I, I, I don't buy it at all. And you know what? I grew up near that area you know, in the region around Chicago and all that. And let me tell you, a story like that could never have happened. Never. There ain't, there were never any farm schools that could ever compete on that level. Wow. And he just kept digging the hole deeper and deeper.
1: <laughs> he, did he not know that it was based on a true story at the time, or was he just? Uh...
4: Well, Ebert said, finally, you do understand that this is based on a true story. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, I don't it would have happened
1: so i want, uh, well, I, want, there, there, I, I want to talk there, about that piece of it though so so about the true story, so you were about eight when it when it uh the the actual it was the nineteen fifty four state championship game that Milan played in that was the inspiration for the movie right
4: excuse me, what did you northern California do is just call the town Milan what you <laughs> Milan uh, bro down
1: well, here is called Milan. Milan. <laughs> Man, I, I feel I, feel wrong I emphasis on, on the wrong salon. I, kind of, I feel kind of ashamed myself.
3: Well, well David, you got to understand. We we grew up in a town called Houston, which whenever you would say, be anywhere, you'd say oh, I'm from Houston. It'd be Houston, Houston? Texas.
1: Yeah, no Houston. Right?
3: Like, no, a little bit different. We're yeah, in a town that's got four four thousand people. Not uh, all right. So, so it's Mylan. My- Mylan. Okay. So Mylan. so Milan.
1: 1954. And they remember, Shooter goes in uh, in the woods. He
4: goes. Hey, you're playing, uh, uh, oh shit. Um, well,
3: I know which you're talking about where that. he knows everything about him. He's like, Oh, like that's, he, he knows everything but in like, the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I never oh, forgot when Hopper's you know, talking about
2: you're... him when Hopper's talking. Yeah.
1: about, him,
4: Yeah. It. yeah. Oh. It's, it's sort of like it's not Versailles like Versailles, but it's something like that. Okay. In any case, um,
1: so so, so do, you, do you remember? Do you remember when the when when Milan uh, won the won the state no. championship? You don't remember it from when no. you were a kid.
4: It was a little before my time, so, um,
1: but you, but you grew up in Decatur, which is a town now. I mean, at the time, it, the census says it was around nine thousand people, which is about the size of the town that we, we live in. So, I mean, was was basketball in that area similar to the way that it sort of, you know, the culture shows up in Hoosiers? With,
4: without question, um, again, one of one the responsibilities that I felt. I mean, basketball. Well, sports in general. Now, let me let me go with basketball for a while, because that's what I first like grew up with. And my father had uh, was a professional photographer, and he had a studio, just a couple blocks from the high school gym. Usually, he'd be working on a Friday night, and my, my mom would drive, and we would park in the studio studio, and we'd walk through this alley a couple blocks to get to the gym. And I'll, I mean, right now I'm sitting here. And I can hear it, and I can smell it, I can almost feel it. The closer you get to the gym, you heard the band playing, you heard the people cheering, you could smell the popcorn. Um, You know, and the reason it was so popular, I mean, Angelo and I believe that uh, in the Midwest was because when the crops were in those small towns, there was shit, there was nothing to do. So that was the place to be on the weekend. You know, was the high school basketball game, and in some cases, football game. Now, I our basketball teams were fairly good, but not that good. Our football was actually better. I played quarterback on, uh, and Nick, I was all state honorable mention. Oh, you got you got me beat
2: there. <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah. i all, uh, all league TVL all league. <laughs>
4: And and the first – actually, the first college football game, there was a doctor in town that had season tickets, and he invited me with his family to go see Notre Dame play football. Oh, right. That was my my first college football game. Wow. And Mike Ditka was playing tight end for Pitt. Wow.
0: The gold helmets and all? That's freaking awesome.
4: I mean, if somebody tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, kid, you know, in about 40 years, you're going to be down in that field making <laughs> one of the best. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, but, you know, the, the, the tradition and the spirit and what what moved us all in those small towns, particularly in the Midwest, was was basketball season. And those nights going to those games, everybody had the same reaction that I just described to you, you got you all probably had similar kind too, whether it was football or basketball. But I mean, I just remember, you know, walking with my mom and just going into those gyms and to actually think and it was so deafening when you walk inside the cheering was so loud. And we had a beautiful gymnasium too. and uh, to, to have to, to recreate that and try to capture the sight and sounds of those nights in days and nights for me it was like like pulling the sword out of the stone if I could even come close to that yeah and I remember I tried to do it sort of in one shot when right before the first game when they go up the stairs and the team goes on to the board and hackman is is the last one there and just before he says welcome to Indiana yeah. basketball yeah. yeah that for me was this sort of kind of sort of a visual equivalent of what it was for me. You could hear what was going on in there. You knew there was a lot of excitement. And then he walks through the door and there it was, and it just, and I did a 360 around it, just to show the excitement all around the gym and the noise and the team coming, running out from the dressing room and, and just trying to capture all of it in one shot, you know? <laughs> You never know if those things work or not, but I, I think it maybe added some nice flavor to it. But, but you know, but keeping that that spirit and that sound and those experiences throughout the whole movie was, was very, very tough, you know, and we didn't know. I mean, the one thing, fortunately, that Orion was, they were almost insisting that we shoot the movie in Canada. And we said, no, 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 they're not going to get it. You know, I mean, fans aren't going to get it.
2: Their courts the, are bigger. The, the, uh, <laughs> their courts are bigger
3: up there, right? <laughs> They're ice. <And>
2: the
4: crowd, <laughs> we, we <see> <clears throat> all those crowds were people that lived in that town and they all knew basketball and right. you didn't have to coach them you at all. Right. As a matter of fact, the best story of all is in the final game when uh, it's the last night of shooting. And we had, uh, that's another story about how he got the, we had we had the gym for four nights and and it was basically empty the first couple nights and uh, we we were able to bring a high school game to be played there, and we asked the the people from both schools to try to come in period dress and they gave us a half an hour at halftime. That's where all the footage, of the basketball footage of the game was shot during mm-hmm. the halftime, and then we had to stage certain things. Of course, in a half an hour,
0: were done. Yeah, you had she shot the whole thing in a half an hour. No, no, no.
4: Just, just the... the Crowd reaction. The shots. basketball footage. Yeah, without... without. In other words, I told him, I said, J- you're going to throw it up, it's going to be a jump ball, we're going to start, and when we go, our cameras, are, I think we had five or six cameras, they're all going to be loading and reloading. It, you can call a foul if you see one, obviously, but you can go to the line, but you don't shoot. You just keep playing. In other words, they played for like... 20 some minutes nonstop, gotcha. which was That's awesome because by the, time, by the time you got to the end, those guys were so gas oh, <laughs> that in those shots towards the end of the game and you see the sweat and you see these guys diving for the ball and just, you know, could barely catch their breath. That was for real. And, you know?
1: and this is, so this is the, I mean, this is one of the things I was going to bring up is that the actors this is a super unique thing about the movie. The actors are all, or almost all just local high school players, right? They, they weren't professional they were. actors, the, the, the ones that were on the team. Uh,
4: the only one that was professional was David Nydorf, who right. played Gene Hackman's son. And, uh, but he was just a rookie, you know, he had like, maybe done one movie before ours. I'm not sure, but we saw over a thousand guys in Indianapolis, uh, you know, open call. And we had, uh, Tom Abernathy who used to play for the Lakers and he was on the on the IU undefeated team at 76ers yeah. uh, and he came to the tryouts in Indianapolis and we would we would divide them into groups of 10 5 on 5 full court and we would run them like 5 7 whatever it was uh, just to get an initial look at these guys and based on Tom and our choices, we'd sort of narrowed it down to like 75 people that had the right look and that had the right ability. So I, mean, it seemed-
1: I mean, how important is it is in this, you know, in both of, both Rudy and Hoosiers, right? I mean, one of the hallmarks from my perspective is, and, and this is not true of a lot, a lot, a lot of sports movies. Is that everybody looks like they can play the sport, right? I mean, there's definitely there's no, <laughs> yeah, you know. And, right. and, and so, how important was that, and sort of the, the, you know, to you generally in making the movie, and, and for that matter, both movies, and, and for choosing the actors that were going to play in this?
4: It wasn't even important. It was like not even up for discussion. We, in fact, that's why Angelo wrote the arcs of the stories rather small for them because he didn't think that. You know i could turn them into actors in two weeks you know rehearsal uh the truth was we had we wrote more lines for them because they were so good <laughs> but basically we went after the, the the guys that looked the part that were really amazing players some of them were farmers one guy was a ring salesman another guy sold insurance <laughs> uh they did all kinds of stuff right and one is a dentist well, he, wa- he is now, but he was going to dental school.
2: Do you stay um, in touch um, with any of the actors, almost like a oh, yeah. a miracle, fi- yeah. the 1980 hockey team kind of a, of a group? Do you guys stay in contact? Do they stay in contact as far as you know? or
4: They do. Um, I missed uh, the last uh, um, at the Hickory Gym. That gets into a whole other subject. But yeah, yeah, the Hickory Gym, Hickory Gym, basically, have you ever gone to their website?
2: No, I haven't. you haven't.
4: You're really missing something. Every gym is free. It's open every day, I think except Sunday. You can walk into that gym and it is one hundred percent exactly the way it was when I walked out of the gym wow. when I finished it. Wow. And the locker room. Nothing has changed. I think they had to move the foul lines, you know, back. Mm-hmm. High schools play there almost every weekend, college games are played there. Uh, Magic and Kobe, a bunch of guys showed up for you know some ex. I mean, everybody, <laughs> wow. people come from all over the world. Last time I was there, there was a family from Spain. There was a mom and dad and two young boys, and they they died, they had to see where this game was played. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's kind of mind boggling in that sense. You know, you never dream that you would have your hand in something like this. Well, right? No,
3: you can't. You can think of two movies, Field of Dreams. Obviously, they've done the Major League Baseball tie-in now recently, but but Hoosiers is the other one. I mean, when you get Indiana, they put on the, Hoos- uh, the, the Hickory uniforms every year, and it's like, I mean, that's still a staple of, of, of just everything in pop culture. I mean, Hoosiers – That gym is legendary, and and the fact that that still exists and and people get to play there—that's that's that's amazing.
1: All right, so so I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt really quick because I want to talk about I want to go where that that gym's gonna take us, David. But first, I (laughs) want to formally move us to drinking with the director, which is always sponsored on Bev's Video Kingdom by Last Call Brewing. Uh, are you guys all drinking the BVk IPA over here? Oh, about yeah. no, too oh yeah all right so so David may not know but we uh, we partnered with a local brewery uh, not not too long ago and they let us brew a beer foolish as they were and it turned out we we struck struck magic and this beer is delicious so we're always drinking that <laughs> although what's that send me? You, send me a uh, yeah. you, well. I will send you. I'll send you a, a six pack. Make sure that you uh, sample it and 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 judge for yourself. I am. I'm, cool. I'm drinking my signature uh, diet Pepsi and grenadine. <laughs> Disgusting. Because, uh, because that's that's the magic juice. What are, <laughs> what are you drinking over there, David? Me? Yeah.
4: Well, normally uh, I have a couple things. Just the way life has worked. I live alone. Uh, I have for some time now, uh, after two wonderful marriages and two beautiful daughters and a grandson and all that stuff. But uh, I never drink alone in my house. Okay. or Two things. I don't drink when the sun is up, uh, and and I don't drink alone. But I'm breaking that rule tonight. Oh wow! Oh,
1: so what? We're well, wow. not drinking alone. We're, we're, yeah. We're, we're, we're here. here. We're all yeah. drinking together. Uh, I have some
4: Canada Dry and some good Woodward, you know,
1: whiskey uh, go. bourbon. That's, there you go. Hey, that's right up my alley. Okay, so, 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 and then
4: that's backed up with Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee.
1: <laughs> which is really what All right, so here's where here, here's where where I want to go. So, so you mentioned the gym and you kind of alluded to something, and 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 so one of the things that is. Uh, if, if you've if you've seen the two DVd set if any of you out there have it um, the second DVD has a bunch of deleted scenes with commentary uh, from from David and angelo and what you might not know is that uh, there was once a uh, official unofficial uh, totally unauthorized director's cut so, so so you want to tell us this that story
4: yeah I have to be careful because you know <laughs> angelo best friends for 50 years. Yeah, And when we went off to do Hoosiers, uh, all of our movie friends said, oh, that's going to be the end of your friendship. And in fact, we met in college years ago at IU, and then we were in a fraternity for 10 minutes together. And, but we were two, we, we were freaks at the time. And, you know, <laughs> you know I,
3: I think I might have seen that you went to Woodstock. So I'm, I'm assuming you were enjoying yourself back in those days.
4: I was. Those days, we, <laughs> where was I going? Anyway, uh, we were like brothers, sort of. We had a falling out a little over a year ago that had nothing to do with Hoosiers or anything like that. And the the board, the, the gym is all run by donations. And uh, they, they maintain it that way. And God bless them for because I mean, it's every minute detail. It's, yeah. it's really for me to walk in there. I mean, literally walk into a set that was like, how many years has it been out? now? You know, yeah. uh, it, it's, it's, just, it's exactly the same. The head of the gym says to Angelo, Hey, I got an idea for a fundraiser. How about we uh, we take that 2 DVD set, we cut in most of the scenes that were left out of the movie and we'll put that in and we'll, we'll 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 go online and we'll sell tickets and call it the director's cut. And Angelo said, "You have a computer that can do that?" And this guy Bob says, "Yeah, I think we do." Well, there's a 21-year-old girl that was on working on the board of the gym and she, like, took it into her basement or whatever, <laughs> and literally, Oh, well, Angelo said, yeah, go ahead and do it. No one called me. No one talked to me at all. And this was built around the country as a director's guy. And <laughs> I didn't know about it until the day before. Uh, friends of mine calling me going, are you going to be there? Are you Are going to be there? We're, gonna, we're thinking about coming in. I'm going, what? Beware for what? <laughs> oh, <my laughs> gosh. And they said, "What well, you don't know about? Know about what? The directors' well, guild. Direct
1: no, about the directors' guild.
4: Tomorrow night at the Hickory Gym. I went freaking ballistic. Oh. I I went to the website to see if that was true. Indeed, it was. My first call was to the guy at the gym, and I said, "Who in the hell gave you permission?" Well, I can't mention any name. I said, "Oh, you mean Angela?" Yeah. Well, okay. So my next call was to the directors' guild. And I talked to the legal department and the head counsel there was, uh, I was telling him the story and he started kind of laughing. He said, "Uh, pardon me. He said, I'm not laughing at you or, you know, your situation. It's just that I've worked here for almost 20 years. I have never, ever seen anything as egregious and wrong as this. And he said, if you had notified me, if I had 48 hours more, I could have served an injunction and we could have shut him down. But he said, I don't have the time.
2: Oh, my God. So he
4: sent emails to both Angelo and the guy that ran the gym. And so before the screening, they got up and said they sold 800 seats. People came from all over the country to see this thing. And they said, well, to be honest with you, uh, we build it as a director's cut. But the truth is, uh, David didn't have anything to do with it. So (laughs) we're calling it the gym's cut. Jesus
3: Christ! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they might as well have said, uh, "This is the bootleg copy that we got." Right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I bought this at the flea yeah, market. Yeah, and then we're they bragged in it. the
3: newspaper,
4: in the Indianapolis Star, the next day they were bragging that they had six other copies that they knocked off.
1: Oh my gosh! Network. Wow. So, so okay, but I but I do want to talk about this because one of the things that I can't I rewatched the deleted scenes uh before the episode, and one of the things that I I can't help but notice is like. You you grind your teeth a lot about the the fact that they cut a lot of those scenes. I mean, there's a I mean, you wanted yeah, you, you wanted a lot of those scenes. They were in your original cut, and you fought for a lot of them to stay.
4: Yeah, but here's the problem. This is all again Angelo's fault, and you know bless his heart. And I mean, we worked hard for years to get this thing made, and he so overrode it. Like I said, the first script was like 200 pages. Right. We had so little money, and our budget was so. Our schedule was so jammed. I said, you've got to cut a bunch of these scenes out. A, I can't do it with the money and time that we have, number one, and number two, you're gonna end up with a movie that's so freaking long. No, I'm not gonna cut anything out. I'm not cutting anything out. Mm. Shit. Well, it almost put me literally in the hospital, you know, trying to accomplish that. And what he had, the first cut of the movie, Without basketball was nearly three hours. <laughs> with no <laughs> basketball.
3: Oh, <laughs> boy. Oh, my God. So,
4: okay, Mr. Angelo, you got all your freaking scenes. <laughs> now, tear them out. Kill your kids because they're not going to release it like that. And it's kind of amazing that people still refer to it with such high regard, the movie, because. As you know, when you see these scenes, it could have enriched it even more. Even if they'd had, you know, how Buddy gets back on the team. Everybody always asks that question. You know, Buddy walks off the team, but then all of a sudden he's back again. How did that
3: happen? I'll say legitimately Uh, as somebody who had never seen it before, when I watched that, last night, I was like – wait, that one guy's back. I, 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 I did notice that. But then I went back and, and watched the uh, the deleted scenes. And and yeah, there's a whole lot of, of backstory that, that that brings that together. And that's an interesting story. Kid transferring and then saying, you know what? I couldn't do it. My loyalty is still to yeah. my, my hometown. I love that. That's, that's, that speaks there, a lot of characters. All those scenes that are out of the movie,
4: there's not one of them that was a bad scene. Like, Oh, we had to cut that out. We couldn't show that no we fought for every one of this the harvest scene which really shows you what yeah, their life was like you know, as farmers uh, uh certainly the stuff between gene and barbara made so much more sense you know about their relationship and uh i love the one scene where he comes walking in the principal's office like what kind of hillbilly room <laughs> well, but, you know
2: and David, uh, yeah, this is Nick. And I had a, a question. I, I had one written up ahead of time, like specifically to that topic. And just I was thinking about you and then also in directors in general. And I watched also uh, that that, uh, that cut of you and, and uh, Angelo talking about these deleted scenes. And it got me thinking, I wanted to ask you, directors, you come into this movie with such a large script and big idea and you want all these scenes in. Like you said, killing your kids, like that has to be a difficult, I mean, extremely difficult, and that's an understatement, cutting it down to a couple, you know, under a couple hours. And when this movie's done and you've seen the reception that it has, is there still part of you that thinks of, you know, if I was just able to keep these two or three scenes, um, that's my ideal movie? Or, um, you know, and you know, you you see um, uh, Francis Ford Coppola coming out with Godfather Redux and actually turning out exactly what he intended for Godfather Three. Is there a part of you that you know wishes that there could be this alternate you know version of this
0: movie, or An is actual that, director's cut? You mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, of course, or, uh, or Hoosiers uh, Redux no, or whatever.
4: Yeah, yeah, without question. Yeah. In fact, I had already approached MGM with this idea. A couple of years before, and I didn't say anything to these guys about it because it was a done deal. This just, it was not going to happen. No. I mean, I, I'm so proud of everything, but I'll tell you what, he learned his lesson when he wrote Rudy, because there, we don't have, there's hardly any scenes deleted from that movie because he was smart enough. He didn't override it.
1: You know, I mean, do you, you know, now that it is, you know, one of the things that's interesting, right. Is that. When you take out, especially let's talk about the, the Barbara Hershey, you know, sort of character and the, and the love story. Right. Because there's so much of that developed that gets cut down. Right. One of the comments that comes out a lot is that the kiss or sort of sometimes feels like it comes out of nowhere. Um, besides, that's the only
4: thing that turns our stomach when that scene comes up. The, I just I, I it's the one thing that I kind of hide in my head or I the, call the, the the,
1: David, I, I don't know if you know this, but that's because Gene Hackman's a weird kisser. So so <laughs> it's not it's not the same.
2: I didn't know if he was going to strangle her or kiss her.
0: <laughs> like I hit that kid, <laughs> and he like goes in for the kiss real quick. It's uh, it's it's it's. But you know what? I like it. <laughs>
4: We slipped by. We <laughs> slipped through the cracks. No, they forgave us for that. Yeah. You know, we 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 were given a lot of. You know, people loved the movie. Oh even yeah, though they didn't. Yeah, whole story. And, and-
3: I, I know in my research that there was uh, some. Obviously, a, a lot. I, I shouldn't even say some. there's a lot of tension between you and Gene Hackman on the set. What was Gene Hackman's relationship with others on the set, like Barbara Hershey and and some of the other actors? Like, did they did they get along well, or was it? just tension all around because of Hackman's kind of abrasiveness? Well, it's a very complicated question because
4: almost any director that you ever meet that has worked with Jane that maybe isn't iconic, you know, like a Clint Eastwood or a Coppola or, you know, Woody Allen or somebody like that, unless you're sort of iconic, everybody is like, oh shit, I'm dealing with the son of Satan here. I mean, everybody... (laughs) oh boy. every single day every single day i'm not exaggerating every single day that i went to work there was a part of me in my brain that thought this might be my last day of work oh, he, he threatened to quit a couple times you know the scene when uh when jimmy hits all those baskets in back of the school oh yeah the first scene that we shot that day was a scene in his classroom and it was the first scene in the classroom and uh, he hadn't picked a kind of like a top coat, sport coat, whatever. And I brought him uh, two coats that the DP and I thought would work well in the palette of that room. And I said, you know, well, take your choice. I said, we kind of lean this way with this coat and, you know, whatever. He goes, which one did you lean? To? This one. Oh, uh, he takes it. fits it in two. He goes, oh my Oops, God. well. I guess. Wow. My gosh. Uh, uh, It was now the funny thing is now looking back on this, I've done a lot of, I've studied with a number of acting coaches for years, even before I started directing, because I always thought that if I ever got the chance, I really should know something about this process. A lot of people, a lot of directors never either, either. They were actors. A lot of my favorite directors were actors or really good writers and actors, whatever. But it gave me a huge leg up when I started directing. And when I taught my directing class at IU, I really stressed this with all these kids. You know, if you ever hope to direct, you know, legitimate people, get yourself in an acting class, read books, you know, bone up on this, go look at stuff on YouTube, anything. Try to, because you, you can't bullshit them. You know, a really good actor, if you try to bullshit them, they'll have you for breakfast, lunch and dinner. And, you know, you're screwed. And I thought Gene would really respond well to that because he knew that I was really prepared in that area and it didn't matter to him. I think I've had a number of people ask me. And again, I've had a lot of training in the method, you know, in that all that. And people say, well, do you think Gene was doing that just to feed that sort of that? aspect, that part of his personality as the outsider and the part that, you know, the people, the town didn't like him, nobody liked him, that kind of thing. Because he got along fine with Gene. He was okay with the kids. He had good days and bad days. But Barbara Hershey, on the other hand, she was caught in the middle. So she had to choose one or the other and, and she got on Gene's boat, you know. So the tension every single day on the set. Well, I, <laughs> I showed Nate something I found on the wall of my office. And the, it's a production still. And, I mean, if you a picture is worth a thousand words. This is worth about 10,000 words. This, this picture was taken that explains everything. The gentleman in the center of the picture is my basketball coordinator, a guy named Don Stratagus uh, we were even roommates in college. He was a great player in South Bend. He basically uh, designed most of the basketball choreography for all the different games. In oh, fact, cool. he has a slip of paper at home. that belongs in the Smithsonian because it's the picket fence. He oh has it all. <laughs> that does belong in the
1: Smithsonian. <laughs> nice. But I, I Let me see get it. to see this. So, this so, that, it so, it's, so it's, it's you on the left. Oh, wow. And Gene with,
4: my head down on Gene with his arms folded. No, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to do that. I wish I gonna-
0: <laughs> Gene's got that body language going right there. It.
4: That's oh. iconic. Oh, and the reason that was what was going on there, I said to Nate, I said, uh, Strats had to write a lot of stuff to have, you know, that's not in the script that, you know, Gene as a coach is, is yelling, you know, from the sidelines to his kids. And and uh, most of it was kind of Bobby Knight stuff that we lifted. And but and he gets in this one place where he's calling the ref a homer. And and Gene goes, I'm not saying that, homer. That's I don't know whether he thought we met homo or whatever he said. <laughs> <laughs> and we go, Gene, that's what everybody call. I mean, you know, I, we grew up with that. Yeah. Everybody's yelling at the referee yeah. as a homer. And... That picture was literally him going, I'm not saying it. And I'm looking at it like, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty
1: sure they still yell that at our basketball <laughs> game. Oh, they definitely time. do. It's possible that I yelled that at a referee like last week. I don't know. It's, it's hard
4: to say. <laughs> and in the movie, he says, and you, you know, you're playing like a bunch of gorillas and you got like a hometown referee. <laughs> oh, geez. That was so embarrassing.
1: Did he also, call um, him, he probably called him Milan too. Like, <laughs> <India>. <laughs> um, So, so let me ask you this about, I mean, since I, since I just uh, brought up the, the Milan. So how, how much do you feel, right? I mean, the, the, there's obviously, you know, specific differences from the real story, including the year and, and other sort of details. So, yeah. and you have two just, you know, iconic sports movies, both based on real stories, Um, and obviously you can't make a movie that catches every single detail perfectly. Sometimes you got to move the plot along and do things. So when you're thinking about trying to use a real story to motivate a movie that you've got to capture in under two hours, and and especially given what you talked about that, you know, you, you, a big part of what you're trying to do is bring to life, a, a true to life version of the culture around Indiana basketball how did you decide what to sort of stay true to and what to embellish or to add on or to change so that the movie worked?
4: Well, this is a very easy question to answer. Angelo wanted to do the real Milan story. So in his research, he went to Milan, he talked to a bunch of the players that were still alive, the coach, everybody in town getting everybody's point of view. And he came back to LA and he goes, I can't write that movie. I can't write the movie. I said, why? He goes, nothing fucking happened. Everybody got along. <laughs> he asked one of the players, did anything ever bad ever happen? Well, you know, Bobby Plump was late to practice one day. Coach made him <laughs> Honest to God. That's it. You made him run laps. Well, so Angelo said, I'm going to make the whole thing up. And, uh, it will be based on that story, yeah. but there's nothing about it that actually ever really happened other than the dynamics, the size of the school, the enrollment versus the big guys, it captured the imagination of the state and all that. But, but everything else is made up, uh, of hybrid characters that we grew up with or that we knew now I said to somebody, if you compare that with Rudy, Rudy's like watching a Ken Burns documentary. Hmm. There's, n- there's nearly nothing in that movie that isn't really true or was based on, based on truth. No, the players did not form a line and walk in with jerseys. But if you've done any research on that, the captains, the defensive captains hmm. went in to see the coach and said, look, we'll give up our jerseys, but we're, we're representing the whole team. You've got to let him dress. You've got to let him, you know, and, but we're representing everyone. So in that scene, that sort of is true in spirit to what happened, you know, in reality. And and there were people that literally said to me, I've met them later, said I would have given up my jersey in a heartbeat.
0: That's super interesting uh, that he had to kind of come up with some embellishments to, to make the rest of the characters interesting, right? And I think that my favorite part of this movie and part of the, you know, the, the winning shot is, is amazing, but... I really think that when shooter comes out onto the court during that game is like the most emotionally impactful scene of the movie. It's just like your heart drops and you're just, you just think, Oh my gosh, what is happening? And, uh, how was Dennis Hopper on the set? Was he awesome? I don't know if you guys talked about this, but he well, is my favorite part of the film.
4: I'm glad you brought that up. I've been, I was a fan of Dennis Hopper since I saw rebel without a cause oh, yeah. giant, Yeah, you know, uh, even cool hand Luke. I, and I never, ever, ever dreamed that I would be so lucky to work with him. And it's funny because most people say, oh, watch out for Hopper. He's crazy. You know, oh, no, you don't look out. <laughs> no, he was also because he's a director, too. So right. he kind of knows what the director's going through. Now, unfortunately, he was doing Blue Velvet when we started shooting. So he didn't arrive until two weeks into the film. It's too bad because in, in a way, everyone, actors are like most of us. They're like children. They want to be loved. And even Gene would like to be loved. But the, uh, as a funny way of showing it, but, but everybody loved Dennis. When Gene saw all that love going to Dennis, he, he softened up a little bit. It wasn't quite as harsh as he was once Dennis arrived but there's so many things that were so much fun and when you talk about that scene when you're talking about when he's drunk and he comes into the game
0: it's when he comes onto the court after he's already cleaned up and done really well he does good with the team and he then he relapses the wagon, yeah. yeah he falls off the wagon oh, and yeah, comes yeah. onto the court man yeah. it is just heart-wrenching
4: well where do you hear this this is this is one of the things i love about that scene and i've talked about it a lot um that was Dennis's first scene and oh, wow. Dennis showed up Oh, we were wow. shooting at night and he literally got off a private plane and was whisked out into the middle of the country, with <laughs> Jim to do this, to do a scene. He literally, I, I have to put it, I can't be really gross about it. He said, you can't believe where I spent the entire day today in North Carolina. And, it, you know, in a comfortable spot with uh, Isabella Russell. You know, <laughs> <you>
5: know, <laughs> I was <laughs> there spot yeah, right I, I, feel, now, I, feel, I feel pretty bad for him
1: right now All
5: right. so
4: now the funny, funny thing was i showed him the wardrobe that we had picked out and he loved everything but he picked out he saw this stovepipe hat and i said no dennis no that, that's just cool <laughs> and he really fought right now i you know it was our first go around and i finally just said you know what david this is a guy you would have killed to have in this part." trust him. Yeah. And by the way, I say that there was only, there was one other actor. We offered the part to that. I wanted before Dennis. Anybody want to guess who that might've been? Oh man.
1: Oh God. I have no idea. Dustin Hoffman. No,
4: Harry Dean Stanton.
1: Oh, oh okay. that would have been an interesting one. Yeah, I can see it. And it was so
4: funny. one night I was in this bar across from Tony Bill's office and Tony was having a screening uh, of something and I was sitting at the bar and Dennis walks in with Harry Dean and Harry Dean's in his cups, right? He's like, he's <laughs> fucked up. And so Dennis me, says, David, I, I want you to meet Harry Dean San. Harry, this is David Anspa. He directed me in Hoosiers. Oh, I love that movie. I love them. He says, Hey, I'll be back in 20 minutes. I have to get back over there. I have to make a quick little speech if you you know and he's throwing some money on the bar I said, no 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 just have a drink with harry so we're sitting there and finally i said uh, harry was talking about the movie and i said well I, harry i have to ask you a question i said uh i'm really curious wh- why did you turn us down and he said what do you mean turn you down oh, oh no I said, well, you were the guy that i wanted to play this the, to play Dennis's role he said i never saw it
1: oh never wow. I'll bet he, I'll, I'll bet that was a crusher for him. Way, way to, wait to ruin his night.
4: He didn't give it to me. Oh, he said, that's, he said, will you keep one? I said, yeah. He said, I was offered his part in blue velvet. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. So since we're talking about hypotheticals, I got one more question for you, before you, before I let you go.
4: Oh, wait, can I just finish real quick? Oh, yes, yes, quick? please. Yeah, yeah. It's very important to me because I got a little bit of history when dennis walks out on the floor and it was the most convincing drunk i think i'd ever seen
0: it's amazing
4: so we get back there and he says david before before i did the first shot he said once you're set and ready to go give me a cue and give me 15 seconds before you call action i said okay so we're all set up i said dennis it's all yours so he stood there and he spun as fast as he could. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, okay, now. And I said, action. So when you see him out there, that's him Disney. trying to keep his... Oh, He's
1: wow. really discombobulated. That's, that's awesome. That's, some that's, hardcore me- that's method shit right there. You just spin, <laughs> you spin for good. Wait
4: till you hear the end of this. Wait till you hear the end of this. So we go back into the... Into the we started in the... In the lobby of the gym I said I said Dennis I've been going to classes for years I've seen a lot of people do drunk in different I said where did you come up with that he said well you got a little bit of Indiana here he said I learned that from from James Dean in Giant oh and he's oh, seen wow. where Dean comes into the into the empty banquet room and he's falling all over himself and it ends up like dropping his head in the plate and then pushing the thing he said, Dean did that every time before every take. <laughs> wow. So when you see that, that movie, that's that's what happened. Oh, you know? that's, that's how good. he got there. Legitif. So it was really cool because, you know, Dean grew up like 50 miles from where we were shooting and played high school basketball. And uh, I, I got to know his uh, cousin uh, where he spent the his youth growing up with his uncle and his cousins. And I mean, one of the greatest compliments was, uh, uh, his cousin said, he said, Jimmy would have loved this movie.
1: Oh, loved this that's movie. Awesome. Okay. So, so well,
4: I got a little bit of, I said, I got a little bit of him in it,
3: you know, yeah, yeah. In. That, part of that yeah. performance. Yeah.
1: So what's one or two movies that if you could go in, go back and have them that you would have loved to have gotten to direct?
4: Oh gosh. Well, there are a number of them. I really fought hard to do uh, Gorillas in the Mist, well, you and I know about one that I'll get to in a second. Oh, Good Will Hunting, I would have loved. I'll tell you the one I turned down that was stupid of me, and I turned it down. I already had the job. There was no getting fired. It was mine to do. And then I thought to myself, I thought, do I, you know, I want to do like a movie like Seven. I want to, I want the dark, I want the dark side. I don't do just inspirational. Good film <laughs> oh, that's awesome.
1: I can be bad too.
4: And I turned down, uh, Mr. Holland's opus. Oh <laughs> my goodness. And, uh, then another movie that is now being written about now, I ended up, I saw a documentary on PBS called The league of their own. And I went, Oh my God. I've got, that's, that's a movie. And I remember because my grandfather took me to see these women play in Fort Wayne. It was the first professional sport I ever witnessed, the Fort Wayne Daisies. Long story short, I was bidding against Penny Marshall. And of course, Penny had a few more resources than I. <laughs> she not. So um, she was prepping the movie. And all of a sudden, again, my manager calls me at night. And he said, look, Penny just finished Awakenings at Columbia and she's got all this post-production to do. And Fox doesn't want to wait. They want to do a League There in the Summer. So Penny wants to know if you'd fly out to New York and meet with her. So I flew out the next day and we stayed up nearly all night in her apartment. And finally at the end of the deal, she said, It's your movie. Now Penny could not have been a better producer. I literally laid out that whole movie. I mean, I picked, helped design the wardrobe. I chose all the locations. I cast the whole movie, except I had Jim Belushi instead of Tom Hanks. I had uh, Helen Hunt and Meryl Hemingway instead of Madonna and Gina. And what I recently find out found out from this author that's doing a piece on, on the movie she said, "You know the real reason why he got fired?" I went, "I kind of know but what?" she said, Lowell Gans and Babalu Mandel, the writers. they basically talked Penny out of you directing the movie because they felt that you didn't have a sense of humor <laughs> and, and the reason the reason they felt that is because I'll give you a perfect example when I met with Penny that night in her apartment, I said, "Look I said, this is a very funny script. There's a lot of funny stuff in it. And there's a lot of funny stuff that really happened with the women. And I said, what they did and what they accomplished was so remarkable that in no way do I want to make them look like clowns or fools. I'll, I'll have the stuff that's natural, that's fun. But I said, I'm not doing a scene where Rosie O'Donnell dives, dives into the fan to catch a ball and comes up with a hot dog in her mouth. <laughs> Yeah. That's not in the movie. Yeah. Well, it's a her movie because <laughs> Lola and Babalu said Anspach doesn't understand
2: humor.
0: <laughs> Ouch, David, I'm with you on this. Oh, hot
2: dog in the mouth. <laughs> oh,
4: man. There were a few other scenes. Uh, that that is probably the most egregious one of all. But there were others that were like that. And and she said, "Well, did you ever talk to Penny about the movie?" I said, "It's funny." I said, I didn't hold any animosity towards her. I know how politics work. I know that Amy Pascal, who took over Columbia at that time, she and Penny were real tight, really good friends. I know that Penny really wanted to do the movie. So with Lowell and Babalu saying, get rid of this guy, he has no sense of humor, that behind my back, they set it up. And and they paid me off, or they they paid my fee. And um, it was about... The movie had been out not quite, a, maybe six months or so, and I was in a bar in L.A., quiet little little bar, and uh, I was sitting at the bar. I know the bartender and some of the people that worked there, and one of the servers came over to me and said, excuse me, that somebody here would like to talk to you, and I said, who's that? And he points over his shoulder, and I kind of turn around, and it's Penny sitting all by herself at this booth. I thought, oh my God! Well, she sees me; she knows I'm here. <laughs> sooner or later, we're gonna. So I pick up my drink and I walk over, and she gets up, and we have this big hug and everything. And I said, "Look, I just want you to know, Penny, I've not seen the movie, and I probably and I never will. It was way too personal to me, and I hope you understand." She said, "Of course I understand." She said, "But you would have made a much better movie than I did."
1: Oh my! Oh, God. oh wow! That's pretty, you know? that's pretty cool. Pretty, pretty gracious. And too. Whether yeah. she
4: felt it, didn't what this writer who's doing this book, she said, from what I gather, what she was referring to was that she kind of fell prey to the Lowell and Babalu school of comedy that she realized that if she had that out, it still would have been a great movie, but it wouldn't be quite as asinine in parts, you know, but that one, that one hurt a lot. I, re- I really, really wanted to make that movie. And I had, my God, I still have the screen tests. I've seen some of them. See, I've, I have a tryouts. And, but that was, again, I did the same thing. I told her, I said, look, when these women came out to play ball, when all the men went in, went to Europe to fight, nobody believed they could, you know, maybe softball or kickball or something, but not baseball. Yeah. And these women proved that they could really play at a high level. Now, if we make a movie about that, it's going to be all actresses. Most people are going to think, well, they're going to cast it with a bunch of doubles. or whatever. How many actresses can really play baseball? You know, believably. I said, I could be wrong, but let's have an open call in New York and here in L.A. We one in Chicago, I believe. And Rod Dado, who was the coach at USC and all his assistants, we had these tryout games. And every single ingenue, I didn't realize we were going here because if I read you the list of every actress that was there to try out, it's every major actress that you know today, you know, it was trying out. And uh, I wish somebody had done a documentary on that would have been.
5: hmm. (laughs) Super cool. Uh,
1: Well, maybe, maybe that's the next project.
4: But you know what we found? All those women could play and play really well, except for Madonna and Gina, of <laughs> course. And uh, but uh, you know, Lori Petty, of course, Lori's in the movie, and uh, uh Tay Leone and Rosie, and all of them. And I mean, I missed it so much. And I'll tell you a funny thing I, I was married to Roma Downey, I guess you know that and you're researching, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and she was in New York, uh, our, our little Riley, who's now 26. She was just a newborn baby pretty much. And we were in the green room at Rosie's show. And uh, I said to Rome, I said, you know, really, it'll really be interesting to see if, if Rosie even remembers who I am, you know? And so a few minutes later, Rosie starts to walk into the room with a little entourage of young ladies, uh, interns, what whatever they were. And she stops him at the doorway. And she said, I just want you to know before you walk through this door, there's one person in this room that's responsible for me having a job and thus all of you having jobs. David
1: Antspot. Right? Wow. That, to be sure. That's cool. That's for, and you awesome. didn't even know she was going to remember you.
3: That's super no, cool. I That's cool. You know,
4: or even she knew... Most of them knew that they were the that I was the one that I was the one that said yes. I mean, Penny had to agree, but you know they no. were all on board because I was behind them. Right. Yeah. Uh, so wow. Well. Anyway. well.
1: You know what? I, I I wish I I I would I'd like to see the uh, league of the, the David Anspa League of their own. Yeah, I don't think I'm going on record about that. <laughs> hey, it, I can't tell you enough how how much we appreciate you coming on and how much of a treat this was for us. And uh, and I know for for our listeners, we will definitely send you some BVK IPA so that uh, when the sun goes down and you have company, you'll have a couple to share. Yeah, and you're not drinking alone tonight,
0: David. You're drinking with, <laughs> drinking BVK, with King- BVK community over here, B- yeah. Bev's Video Kingdom. Uh, so, Technically,
4: exactly. that's right. That's why I agreed to do this. <laughs> yeah.
1: it's not, it's not drinking a lot. Uh, all I mean, right. not,
4: No, not the interview, but but to actually drink. You
1: know, <laughs> yeah, no, we we assume you're like ah, you know, I'll do, I don't really want to do the interview, but it'll give me excuse to drink.
4: So, um, <laughs> hey, we, uh, we listen. I love your shows, you guys. It's so entertaining, and uh, it's funny. I got to plug my daughter. Please, she has a podcast called, called Review Reviews. Oh,
5: awesome!
4: And she does it with another gentleman in LA and what their show is, she's re- They're both really great improv and she is an amazing actress and writes well. And she actually has sung twice at Carnegie hall. Wow. she's amazing oh, wow. talent. Awesome.
1: So, so she's a sort of talented. Is what you're
4: <laughs> Riley, Riley and And the show is called review reviews. And what they do is every week, every show will be anything from a haunted house, to, uh, you know, Picking Apples, to uh, any of the and they just take reviews that have been written about these things, and then they end up portraying the characters who wrote the reviews. (laughs) (laughs)
2: That's actually awesome. (gasps) What
4: a great (laughs)
1: idea.
2: (laughs)
4: You should check it out. We will. Sure it. Great. All
1: right, so everybody, go jump over and go to review reviews and uh, subscribe and give yourself a listen. It sounds like it's going to be awesome. That's the first thing I'm going to do uh, tomorrow morning. Not so. only are we going to check it out, but they're about to get an email from Bev's Video Kingdom <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> see if they want to do some collaborations. Oh man! Well, uh, it's, well, you know, you
4: guys work well together. You
1: really would. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? We, 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 there, there's an excellent chance we're going to reach out, so we'll find out. But hey, th- thanks for thanks for coming on. Thanks for listening. And, and truly, I, I mean what I say in, in that, you know, I don't want to be too much of a fanboy here. But, you know, I, I got to talk to the person that made one of my top five movies of all time. So this is a pretty good night for me. Yeah, so, it's an, it's an so, honor. So, so thanks for, for doing it. And thanks for a great interview. Thanks so much. Dave. And we'll, uh, we will definitely it was, send you it was some such swag. A
4: pleasure. And, you know, there was one thing we got. Like I said, Hackman shook everyone's hand. But Angelo's and mine when he left uh, oh, on oh his my last god and uh, time came when he was. By the way, speaking of music, we cannot forget this. Oh, this movie yes. would not what no, no. it, yes. it was with Jerry, right? A thousand and percent. And if you look, this is the first American period film using electronic music, I think, ever. Hmm. But it was definitely the first sports movie ever. But maybe the first American period film that had electronic track.
3: Well, the the tryout track from from Rudy. Uh, when it's like the tryout, that, that song is on my playlist and it plays all the time and I love it. It's just, gosh, well, it's now, magical.
4: I'm talking, I'm, I'm talking about Hoosiers. Oh, yeah, 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 we got, yeah. got you.
3: I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, no, I know you're <laughs> talking about Hoosiers. I'm saying, I'm saying I love the Rudy soundtrack. Right. That, he he cool.
1: also made a movie called Hoosiers. I don't know if you've seen it. It's pretty, it's pretty good. He should have been
4: nominated for that because that that track was used more often than any other soundtrack for trailers and video, all kinds of background, wow. professional teams, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And he did a suite at Albert Hall called the Rudy Hoosier Suite. Oh, wow. Where it, you find it on, on, on the internet, it's astounding. He combines the two main themes and it's like standing oh, ovation. Wow. Was it I Was would,
3: it London Philharmonic or who was it?
4: Yeah, I think it was. Oh, wow. I, I believe so. And the last thing is that most people don't know this and it's very rare that it ever happened. Oh, oh, because the apology, he had to come in to do looping because we were invited to screen the movie at the Kennedy Center for the members of Congress and the Senate and so on and so mm-hmm. forth. So we had to loop him. So he he hadn't seen the movie, so he, uh, he asked to see it the night before he did his looping because I think he thought if it was really shitty, he wouldn't do it, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Showed up and I'll never forget being in that it was me and Angelo and a recording uh, engineer there, and I heard him walking down the hallway and I thought, Oh God, oh shit, how do I get out? I can't get out of this. And he walked in, he walked up to me and he took his glasses off and he put his hand on. He says, How the fuck did you do that? (laughs) <laughs> then he he the goes, how would you like me to do this? he was like the perfect how you know how about this way or that way or i had earned his you know we earned got his respect. his respect exactly and the second one was that a lot of people don't know it but we were invited to screen rudy at the white house with oh, wow. only about three people we had dinner at the white house and uh Screened the movie and then spent the rest of the night in the Oval Office with Bill and Hillary. I was just going to (laughs) say, Clinton was
1: a big—he was a big football, college football fan. So that's no surprise. Cheeseburgers and football. No, that's, uh, that's
4: all your run over. you can edit. You can edit me out. No, no, it, keeping no, it
1: all. Right? We, we'd keep you all night except you're in Eastern time. And I think it's about, uh, we're, we're, we're getting close to midnight. so <laughs> it's oh my my gosh. Gosh. Yeah. We've kept you long enough. Okay. Uh, so, so thank you again. And we will, I'll, I'll circle back with you and, and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get your address and we'll send you some, some stuff and, uh, we'll definitely be in touch.
4: Thank each and every one of you. It was really a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah i haven't talked about it for a while you know in a forum like this uh, you brought back a lot of really good memories you know except for the damn directors cut.
1: <laughs> we enjoyed it well, when yeah. you're ready to do a real director's cut bvk is going to sign on as a co-sponsor of that one so. yeah. <laughs> all right yeah, david david, guys, david go, hey, go, go hoosiers in the big 10 tournament huh
3: thank you have a great night
5: y'all. you
1: too david thank, thank you, you. Too, david Well, uh, yeah, that was awesome. So uh, we we just finished with David Anspach. spa. That just
0: happened.
2: We call that
1: him D-Spa because we're like <laughs> super close. We're like, what's up, D-Spa? Oh, uh, man. So so thanks again to him for coming on and uh, and talking Hoosiers with us, talking a little bit of Rudy. Shag Snag Body
3: Bag. Is it a one-night stand or do you hit it with a shovel or take it home to
4: mom and dad? It's like fuck, marry, or kill.
1: It's Shag Snack Body Bag. What do you guys got? And by the way, I'm just going to warn you now. I'm going to be throwing punches if uh, this, if, because I'm on, I'm on, I'm full on team and Spa here. Just, just
3: putting that out there right now. I'm, I'm in, I'm in a tough seat right now. <laughs> I'm hoping <laughs> that, that Dave was just like, yeah, I don't need to listen to that pod. I don't need uh, to listen to that uh, time. But if he is, Dave, David, if you're here with us, this is all, you know, with love.
1: Okay. All with love. All right. So what do you,
2: Nikki, what are you shagging? I got like a few things, but, uh, So pregame, the pregame speech in a movie, shagging the pregame speech. And like, this is like understated. It's one of the more understated. Right. Um, But it's still, I think as time goes on it ends up holding up because of that. And like David talked about, I wanted to talk to him because one of my favorite, I listed like a few of my favorite scenes and one of them, and they were in chronological order. And then one of them is his first game in Hickory when he walks into that gym with the, you know, the, the loud, raucous uh, crowd. And it comes from that quiet, you know, locker room up the steps and it just makes it sound even louder. That's his, his, his uh, pregame speech for the championship game has that same quiet, understated, and just his look. And I, I wish, I, I mean, some of those deleted scenes we talked to, about that would have maybe given you a little bit more insight into his character. I still was, I mean, by that time I was, I mean, I was way in deep, you know, to his character and caring about that team and his look as he looks around um the team and he says, you know, I love you guys. You know, as a as a coach, you say that to players and you just don't really think about it because you're you've spent so much time together. I mean, you're it's months and months of blood, sweat and tears literally ups and downs of a season any season uh that you share with, you know, a group of group of young men that you're trying to kind of, you know, guide in in one direction and turn into young men and teach all these lessons and you, you know the movie doesn't get too much into that but I feel like his pump up speech and his look around as he scans around his group and he just says that and I think that's why they come back to it at the end of the game because it says so much and uh, you do not you don't have to do a lot in those moments and I still feel Al Pacino's game speech in any given Sunday is still my favorite pre-game speech and most ever I think it's I think it's the best one ever but this is right there with it yeah so but,
1: one of the things I love about it I noted this time is like I, it, it doesn't completely cut out the basketball right and he he, he has the stuff up on the chalkboard and he kind of reminds them of some of the yeah. basic things but and, at that point really quick but at that point it was like
2: at that point they had I mean he had gone over that same pre-game so speech much. drawn that up see you know game after game after game when you get to the championship game You've been over it a million times. He knows that the players know that, and it's like he he played that perfectly because I feel like because you still do
1: it, it, right? You still do it, right? Right. It's part of the routine. I I coach high school. I I coached high school basketball for a number of years, and and you coach football. You still go through that thing even at the end of the season when it's really well known. And I liked it that they had that, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't like they didn't overdo it. They didn't underdo it. So for me, that there's a big part of that speech I love for both parts but
2: the routine right that's what it's like you've been living yeah. and dying on the routine it's been working and you, working and you, you, and you do you, it again the last
3: that thing last you do time. is yeah. you, you don't you don't you know stay straight away from that yeah I'm gonna shag you know what it's it's as I don't like this and we'll get to that when I get to my alternate ending but I have to shag Jimmy Chitwood I can make it I mean just basically when he tells the coach that he's gonna make that shot yeah and 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 they just, like, look, and they're like, of course you're going to make it. And I would like that confidence when you have a player like that who's just like, you know what, I'm going to make this happen, put the team on their back. Yeah. And, and you just knew it was going to do it, and you knew who was going to make the shot. So I, I, I got to give my shag to those those confidence moments where it's like that person who you know is going to come through, and you put it all in the line, and that person handles their business. So that's my shag, Jimmy Chitwood. I'm shagging.
0: Just the main thing that comes through in this movie, which is small town sports. Yeah. right like it's it's the big theme from this movie everybody's super invested when he goes to the when he goes to the town hall meeting basically and everybody from the town is there and all the dads are there and they're all telling him what he should do and what he shouldn't do and he's just like you know what fuck you guys like i'm doing what i'm gonna do and i, love I how don't the, care
2: the priest says you're a god-fearing man right now god-fearing man right yeah. now i got a question are you a are you a zone man, or a man, or man, <laughs> man defense guy? Yeah, exactly these are serious <laughs> questions that we yeah.
0: of somebody you know what i mean like in our town it was probably football but like i mean dude it was like it it, that hit really close to home everybody really giving a shit like nick can speak to it as being like uh you know a part of the the coaching staff on a football team where football is really important to the people in the town and people will come up to you and they they will unabashedly give you their opinion on what you should be doing and you know what i mean you're like dude i know more than you hamilton (laughs) Hamilton, hamilton's
3: breakfast with my dad when he was oh your dad exactly every two minutes somebody was coming up and interrupting us while we're eating and and and, and and you guys should all know that brad's dad
0: is like a legit legendary (laughs) coach in this area like he Legit coached the team for thirty something years and won however many championships and whatever it is and was just like a fixture in this town and it reached reached like some pretty high heights as far as like a small town coach can do
3: some, yeah some of the better moments of of our our high school uh, history for exactly
0: sure. like for 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 all of us and he he actually left and then came back and coached Nick's team uh, to where to where he left he retired. Our team kind of floundered for a couple of years, came back... and then what and then what two happened well, he left for two years he came back and what happened because oh. he would
3: leave for the bad teams and come back for the good teams. <laughs> that's, like, that's how you become a, like, a legendary oh, championship coach is but when you, you know just, what you I'm saying you, you know milk. what I'm saying he
0: was like he was like these guys are gonna suck for a couple of years I'm gonna leave and then he came back and was like oh we just won the section championship you know what I mean like, <laughs> it's
3: all me it's all me yeah <laughs> <laughs> glory hog Frank I know you don't I know you don't listen
0: Mr. Franken. but god damn it this shit is perfect but that's uh, that's what that that was my snag I, I just love that they capture or my shag they capture really well the feeling of like the town and the pressure that can come on to these coaches and like everybody's you know your kid's a senior this is his last year and like there's there's that there's there's a lot of high stakes for people that when you're a coach you don't really you may not see it at a at a a different level but on a small town level like that stuff can weigh really heavy on you so i think that was really cool yeah Yeah, exactly
1: so for me it's a little bit of a riff on that but the specific scene for me is the the shag of entering butler field house and him measuring the height of the rim and the distance. that's a really cool scene and, and like, I remember – so, you know, we went to the section championships uh, when I was a senior playing basketball, and we went and played in Arco Arena, which at the time was where the Kings played. And I still remember walking in to the – you know, to Arco down on the floor. And I'd seen basketball games there, pro games and stuff. And I remember, like, very vividly having that same kind of a feeling and kind of thinking about Hoosiers and being like, okay, you know, like, this is still <laughs> – this is still just a basketball Same court. It's yeah. still just a rim. But you're still, at Arco fucking arena. Yeah, and, and it was like I remember sitting. In fact, I remember sitting with Brad, who who wasn't didn't play, but was like you know traveling with us to to go watch and stuff. I remember sitting before the game with him in the stands, kind of ten rows up, on one of the corners, just looking down and kind of talking. And and it's a really surreal thing, and it definitely captured that feeling, not only of like the awe of it, but also the the need to try to ground you know that. And so. I love that scene. I think it, it's perfect for what it's trying to do. It does a whole bunch of things without being too on the nose about it. I, I absolutely love it. Was that's I, the same and, thing. With, Encina with,
3: or Encitas. Encina. Encina. That's yeah, yeah. That's what we. Played.
2: So for years, when you know, section championship was held at U- University of Pacific, and so yeah, the that was that was where our section championship was for held. Football, and I yeah. still. I th- I think of that exact moment when they walk into the gym. And when we walked, um, it was an early morning. Dude. We got on the bus. We had breakfast in town. And, like, they kind of saw us off. It wasn't like they lined the streets. But, like, a crowd of, like, parents saw us off early in the morning because we had, like, a 1 o'clock, like, start date um, early. We've never – you're playing Friday night football as, like, a, a high schooler. You're not playing morning Saturday ball. And uh, Saturday morning early UOP. And it was a foggy morning. It was supposed to be nice weather, but it was super, like, thick fog. And they let us walk the field um, in an empty UOP stadium, and we've never, you know, seen or been in a stadium at that point, let alone getting ready to play in a stadium like that. For in you know, in about two or three hours, and it's like dead silent, and um, we're about ready to play in two or three hours. Super thick fog, and it's just like quiet. And I just think about like that guy when he like screams hickory, and like the the echo, mm-hmm. and it kind of echoes. And you're just
3: like, what's wow, was that Kyle? Did Kyle No, yell, nobody yelled. yelled. No, you said. Yeah. <laughs> nobody. Yelled. But Kyle, Kyle made his noise during the game when he chucked that chucked cor- uh, that DB, and then for he a like touchdown. looked and like looked smiled at, at him. him.
2: <laughs> anyways, and we ended up winning that game, and it turned out to be a very uh, Hoosier esque type moment with walking, yeah. watching the clock run down. And uh, you know, it's it's I think about the all the time, and Hoosiers brings that that chill from that day because it ended up being the most beautiful day you could have asked for. By the time, but by game time, the sun was out, and it was like, I don't know, 50 degrees. It was chilly, but, you know, it couldn't have asked for a better football weather.
0: All I want to say to piggyback on Nate's is that, Keith, I know you're listening right now. (laughs) I know it's 5 a.m., and you're listening to the podcast right now, but, Keith, I want to give you a shout-out because the neighbor girl was friends with your daughter Amy and she invited me to the game and I said oh I would love to go to the game they're playing the section championship and these were all like my idol guys they're super way older than me like there's it's Nate and Brad's age so Not they're that way much older, older. <laughs> I remember I was in 8th grade they were like seniors and so I was like I was like oh yeah I would love to go to the game and so I go to the game I get a ride with Nate's parents I don't know them at all they give me a ride to the game and then on the way back Nate's dad's like we're going to go to dinner. You ready? You want to go to dinner? I'm like, yeah. We go to dinner. We go to Tony Roma's, and he buys me a full rack of ribs that's like $30. <laughs> I'm just some kid he's never met before and buys me a full rack of ribs. And I ate that shit, and I was
1: like, "This is the best day of my life." <laughs>
0: so we we, Keith, lost.
1: we lost the second championship, but he still bought. We the ribs, lost so. the yeah.
0: game, but I got a full rack of ribs, and I got to hang out with like Nate and Nate's sister, and like my cute neighbor girl that from down the street. It was fucking awesome, and it was a great day of my life. So thank you, Keith.
3: Well, if, if I'm Big not shout out. If I'm not mistaken, I mean, in in our high school's history. I believe our se- our senior year was the furthest that yeah, no
1: no other basketball team in
3: our high school. Yeah, we went to the our, for, Cal- the, for the for the
1: for the boys side. The girls side have won section championships and right. made it further than that, but
3: but we went yeah, to the no North Cal semifinals uh, in the uh, in the playoffs, wasn't
1: it? No, no. We lost the section championship. We lost the section they championship. We lost, lost to the NorCals, yeah. but yeah. but it was it was the furthest,
3: yeah, furthest that that when you North guys Africa were in the state bird. tournament, essentially because it was the, Brad, yeah, North bear- Cal place Brad, you're
0: bearing the lead. I got a rack of ribs. <laughs> <laughs> I right. ate ribs and it was fucking
1: delicious. All right, what are we snagging? What are we snagging, Zach? What do you want? what do you want to snag? So,
0: um, my snag is easy, and it's Hopper, and he fucking just absolutely made this movie for me. So I showed up late to the pod because I was pitching fucking batting practice to a bunch of twelve year olds, and 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 I got to tell you guys it's a funny story. So. We show up to the batting cages. I've got my whole team of 10- and 11-year-olds, right? And they're all 10- 11-year-old boys. And then so the other team shows up that's using the field next to ours, and they come over to use the batting cages, and it's all, like, 8th-grade, ninth grade girls, every single one of them. And my boys, there's nothing more distracting to a 10-year-old, 11-year-old boy than a whole bunch of 8th-grade girls, like, in their workout gear, like oh, yeah. playing playing softball right yeah. next to them. And I'm trying to pitch these guys' batting practice, and the whole time I'm like, are you paying attention? Are you, <laughs> are you looking at the ball? And they're not looking at the ball. They're like, are you, coach, do you see these girls over here? They're <laughs> playing baseball. And I'm like, this is absolutely just the most – Uneffective training <laughs> environment that we've ever had. It took super long. I showed up to the pod light. spa is already talking about all sorts of shit. I show up. I'm like, oh hey, what's up, guys? Anyways, I can't even remember where I was You're going snagged. with the story. Snagging. Oh, <laughs> Hopper. Hopper. So my snag is Hopper. <laughs> I show up. I don't know what you guys have already talked about. I'm like, I want to talk about Hopper the whole time. I finally bring it up. It doesn't sound like we've already talked no, we about it. Yeah. But dude, he
1: just absolutely makes this movie well, and, and for he's me. nominated for the for the i mean he he's he's the only uh, the score and, and hopper get nominated for the academy and of rightly so i well, mean yeah no, he, he kills and I, I think it's the only time he's ever been nominated for an besides the cool like sports moment of
0: this movie like he literally makes the movie for me and the long hair that he has and his mannerisms and all like like anspaugh told the great story about him spinning around so that he would seem drunk like yeah everything that he does and this just absolutely kills it for me, and that's my shag or my snag. Well, he and he, and he had home. also
1: just like gotten sober, and so like I think had a lot of reluctance about about filming the movie as a drunk, right? And and, and he, he was doing do Blue Velvet in uh, the background, like it's
0: just fucking so sick and uh and it it made the movie for me for sure and i didn't i mean i didn't get to talk about what i felt about the movie but i did not love hackman in this movie at all and and fucking hopper saves everything that's like by a lot
3: super interesting because i had the exact opposite take i i think that hackman does a great job and i thought as much as i had heard that hopper was nominated for the for the oscar i was like this performance, to me, it came across corny. I like Are Dennis you Hopper. I like Dennis Hopper a lot, dude. and I just thought it just came across oh, a little forced. I, and I, A little. I, bit I of think corn. Hackman comes
0: across <laughs> super wooden and like very standoffish the entire time when he kisses the girl. I'm like, I got like some <laughs> weird vibes. My wife was like, she does not like this. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it I, was I, weird, I, dude. I I was saying I was gonna come in with some just some takes that I, I that might not be popular, but. His his Hopper's performance does not do it for me in this movie. Oh, it's that so realistic. I, it's it's hard just,
0: to survive. You don't know enough yeah. drunk dudes. I, <laughs> I mean, I know, you know a
3: lot, and it just it felt forced. Like uh, I don't know his so, display
0: of the drunken man when he comes onto the field. It's like he knows that he's not supposed to do that, but he's gonna do it anyways, and he knows he shouldn't be doing it. But you can see in his face that he's embarrassed, but he he has this thing that he feels like he needs to say. It's just so perfect, dude. Yeah, right?
3: I, I agree that I, I'm, I'm. You I'm mentioned with... you mentioned last week. I think somebody like when it feels like they're acting in a play and and, and kind of that's what it felt to me so that's only because a lot of the
0: other acting in the movie is pretty wooden I feel like I feel like I feel like compared to Hopper's performance a lot of a lot of the other stuff can feel very like super like uh, kind of kind of contrived a little bit but but Hopper I think comes through like Mm Just
3: like a fucking it's, bulldog. It's a weird I movie that both. Uh, I, I was just gonna say. I think. I think. I think. Because I, I do think
2: both takes Hack, yeah. completely wrong. It's yeah.
3: a weird movie when there's only really three performances in the movie. I mean, a, 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 there's Who's basically the three? you got Hopper, Hackman, Hopper, Hershey, and the girl. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. The the triple H's. H's. <laughs> triple H's. Yeah, I, mean, I, I
1: mean, but but I, I think that there's a bunch of I mean, that's undersells a lot of like small, really small, but like really.
3: Impactful. The
0: only other one that really impacted me is the the guy that's like trying to coach the team when he kicks him out of the yeah, game. Oh yeah. That guy's fucking great. <laughs> the
3: the, the, the pitcher from uh, Major League. Uh, yes,
1: yeah. I love that. Yeah, Nikki, what are you what are you, what are you snagging? Okay, so are you going to take Anspa? Oh, I'm definitely taking an I was going to do it so, too for So was I. Okay. Go take a Do you want to do this Hold together? Do you, you want to it say at it the same I, time? We have to take a you an
2: want to make <laughs> eye contact while we do it at the same time? <laughs> look, look,
1: look into my eyes. That's the official
3: bench. BVK rules. You've got to look each other in the eye. Are, eyes
1: are eyes we on. taking an on the score? Is that what we're taking? Yeah. Goldsmith and anspa. Goldsmith and anspa. The
2: Goldsmith and anspa connection.
1: Yeah. I mean, I for me, like, why don't you talk about the score? Because you talk, you know. That's I know. That's well, like, just know, I mean,
2: well, I mean, the crossover, right? Because it's the it's the tag team between Rudy and and Hoosiers, and uh two of the most iconic and best sports movies of all time, and most iconic scores of all time. Hoosiers maybe a little less as far as iconic amongst sports score um sports movie scores Rudy's buddy he, buddy he I mean, but he does win the but he wins it right? The Oscar for it. probably because it was first because Rudy yeah. would have won it and probably you know but maybe I don't know where Rudy stood at that time as far as when it came out but I feel like Rudy is probably held up um as time has gone on but I mean still unbelievable played throughout different sports you know montages and we talked and I, I mentioned the chill moments and I don't know if there's anybody better or they he started he like you know they broke the mold and or he made the mold as far as the chill moment controlled by the score um goldsmith did and Anspaw and goldsmith had something yeah together
1: a connection well and anscombe for me like i you know there's a lot to like here obviously about the you know i love the movie i've, I've always loved it and that's well tread but for me i think it's that there's a there's something about the way that like culture interacts with sport that he does in both Rudy, but a bit even more so in Hoosiers that to me is like just perfectly done here. And, and it's really intentional. Well,
2: like, and I feel like his, I, I, wonder how much some of it had to have like just helped but his being an indiana born oh, in man. indiana right like he knows he knows the earth you know what i mean he knows the area he knows the towns he knows the feel just yeah. like we know like our town and you it's just know exactly it's, it's an what area. was right
1: and what was wrong right you don't need an expert it's, it's home for, it's a part of the movie you right. don't need any expert guy the guy talking about his home yeah no i, I totally agree so that, that's that's it for me no question and dealing
2: with the bullshit that he dealt with, spa and, and fighting through that as like his first movie uh with Hackman. And we can go right into Body because that can lead into my
3: body bag. Oh, I need, I need to snag. Oh, you, you need to snag. Oh, my bad. I'm going to snag just, it goes, it's really quick, just the nostalgia of small town sports. But I'm going to take Barbara Hershey's perspective of being able to also move on from it. The fact that like I, I if you can yeah. enjoy those moments and look forward to them, like I said, all all small town sports movies resonate with me. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when you can just be like, you know what? But that's not. It's not. That's not what way. embodies me. That's not right. what my life is. And unfortunately, we do know some some individuals that we've grown up with that that was their life, and like it's, it's... like it doesn't go beyond that touchdown they scored in 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 the football game or or, or things like that. And it's just that's. Being able to move past it, that's something that I, I think she brings up in the movie. You weren't a little bit mad at Hershey
0: when she was, like, kind of shitting on basketball and everything. And then no. all of a sudden at the game, she's, like,
1: excited about them winning. <laughs> no, I'm be, like,
0: bitch, be, you can't be excited. No, but, but see, I,
1: I totally – so, so like, I, I want to jump on Brad's because I, I think that's a great one. And I kind of wanted to bring this up uh, with with David, but I, I we sort of – you know, one of the many things I didn't get to talk to him about. But, I mean – i i had remembered hoosiers even even right up to the time i was going to rewatch watch this for this is like one, a movie that kind of one-sidedly sings the like cultural praises of small town sports and 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 then i was kind of in my mind contrasting it with like a friday night lights where you see that perspective of you know man there's a lot of pressure and a lot of kind of underbelly that's not so pretty about shows the warts And the and yeah, exactly. About, you know, we're heroizing these kids that are totally not able to handle it. We're over, we're way over inflating the importance of what this is and making too big a deal of it. But then I was like, I watched the movie and I was like, Oh, wait a minute. That voice is right there. You know, and she is very clearly saying in exactly the way that I would have wanted to, you know, I don't want this person to, I don't want you to grow up and have this be the biggest thing that ever happened make him a king or whatever it is yeah Yeah. and so so for me like i think that's a great snag and i think i think the movie does a better more subtle job than i had appreciated at a younger age for like laying this kind of dynamic out
2: well and like in the deleted scenes the the link that you sent us one of them was right before they get ready to take off in the caravan for the championship game it shows there's a scene between um normandale and uh, hershey hershey and She's letting him know that, like, obviously they have chemistry and they've started this like thing together. And she lets him know, like, listen, I'm going to be leaving to go to yeah. uh, school, right, um, in the in the neighboring in town or oh, Chicago, 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 and uh, and just that that's a little window too into like, okay, we're getting ready to leave for the championship game, but what what else like this is what's happening after that, yeah. what are we what are we gonna do after because this isn't kind of like everything i think it kind of leads into what you're talking about brad that's a good it's a good take man really,
0: really? i'm gonna move forward with oh go go for it. i was gonna yeah. say it really explains a lot about what a jerk nick is nowadays because he like i mean he was made into like a god as the section championship winning <laughs> quarterback and yeah. all this shit
2: zach just made me into god
3: <laughs> this is this is why we hang out with him like multiple hours each week uh, <laughs> and we're like god this guy's a dick <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to jump on body bag real quick. Nick, I know you wanted to, but I'm going to jump to body bag real quick. And, and, and okay.
5: it's going to be a <laughs> love-hate be
3: love here because Jerry Goldsmith's soundtrack. Your arms around my neck. <laughs> Stop. I love it. <laughs> Jerry Goldsmith's soundtrack on Hoosiers. One, it didn't win the Oscar. It was nominated, did not win. So it, it wasn't an Oscar-winning soundtrack. But the synth keyboards that come in when it's like with the classical and he's trying to mix them both. Oh, that great. That, that grated me. It sounded so dated and just kind of like ugly. I did not like when those keyboards would come in. I, I kind of liked it. I did uh, not dig it because what's funny is that there's... Damn, mo- that's a hot take. There's moments that come in in that soundtrack that remind me a lot of the Rudy soundtrack. And then the Rudy, it's just all clean, classical... Uh uh just Different a, yeah, but orchestral. He's, he's trying shit out, dude. You he is trying shit out, but I, I, I but I'm it's saying I think he failed. Six, bro. Okay. I think he uh, failed. I don't hard like there's disagree. there's a couple moments that sound great. But compared to the Rudy soundtrack, where he like he realized, yeah, don't bring the synth in, just really hit those those nice little flows and, and so, things see, like uh, that.
2: I, I, or it, he's I, gonna hit the synth in the Rudy. Like either way, the synth is coming probably. Like, uh, the, you know the, the, so that the,
3: synthesizer and it's just so eighties. And I know that's when the movie yeah. was made, but yeah. it just it just stands I, out really badly for me. I, Rudy I, soundtrack I, will be will will live on for a long time. This one just sounds like ugh, that was definitely a period. That, hard disagree. Mm.
1: Okay,
2: Zach,
3: are we going body bag? Yes. yes. I've, I've got I've got some body. You've
0: got some Karate Kid references. <laughs> he's, you he's want to got, out I there? see
3: he's got four <laughs> laid out around his chair right now. They're just all unzipped.
0: No, I mean, if we're if we're really gonna go body bags from this movie, my main one is that I graduated in two thousand and one, so I'm almost I'm, forty. I'm 39 thirty nine years old. Pretty old. And this movie supposedly <laughs> was depicting people in nineteen fifty one. Yes. Yes
1: my god 52, 51, 52. if
0: I didn't do all of these exact same drills from this fucking movie in 1998 <laughs> That's a
1: good point. so you're, like, bo- you're body bagging your I'm body
0: bagging coach? the fact that my high school coach was obviously like <laughs> he obviously watched was Tuesdays like the night before. I just watched Tuesdays like I figured out all the drills we're gonna do for fucking practice like <laughs> I what hacked basketball is going on like we couldn't have come up with some fucking better drills in
3: 50 fucking years they don't show that many drills though. they showed the dribble oh, through the no. chair they show a That's lot
0: of it, bro. It You're doing a lot of drills. They show the, the, the defensive drills, I would the defensive say, drills, yeah, dude. The defensive all of fast drills. things, the fast feet. Every and, single yeah. the fast feet, the turn. Every single thing they did in that movie, we did in high school practice. And I'm fucking pissed. They're at trying my to win coach. a state championship, man. They were <laughs> yeah, trying to dude, win a state championship in 1951 when people had fucking weird haircuts <laughs> and fucking crazy body and hair Chuck and were wearing
1: <laughs> <laughs> short ass shorts. It's, it's on. It's on brand for Zach to body What the fuck
0: is going on? There's a certain coach that I'm telling you right now if, i don't know if you live in japan or where the fuck you live but fuck you bro like, what are you doing
3: <laughs> I, I i do i had one more body bag that actually kind of got cover, uh that got eliminated because of the fact that they got the deleted scenes and you get to see like some of the stuff that was supposed to happen because it's oh. like i was gonna say why does that one kid show back up on the team when they just like all of a sudden he's just back on the team yeah. that was just so random yeah, it's just a deleted scene issue but it's a deleted scene issue so that 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 makes i'll let me okay. that pass but J- the, the fact draymond that draymond
2: green of the team
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the fact that the fact that that we haven't come up with any new drills in 50 fucking years and people are still doing hey, it. It won the
1: it won the Indiana state yeah. basketball won, championship. Yeah. Every to, time he every time that go,
0: every time that he says <laughs> that he says in the movie, pass the ball four times before you shoot. It. I want to be like, "Have you ever watched a fucking basketball game?" It was seven. But, then, do you, but Have then, you heard of the fucking Warriors, bro? But then you know who Steph Curry is? A- you tell him to pass four times before he shoots the fucking ball. I'm sorry, but that is just re fucking ridiculous. I remember our coach telling us we had to pass it six times before we shot the ball was, in uh, real that's, fucking
1: that's, games. That's pre uh, that's pre shot clock right there. I, I we it's disgusting, we, dude. We we, we 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 ran two three minutes off a of shot clock at a time back in the the early playoffs. Hey, so uh, so
3: Jimmy Chitwood though once he shows upset. hey once he shows shows up though Normandale says oh fuck all those rules Jimmy fire, Chitwood fired fire it up away. there baby fire it up. Well, well, does you know he what? though J- Jimmy, <laughs> yes.
1: Jimmy 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 he don't miss and I mean if you that's one of the things Jimmy I you're
3: going to be the decoy <laughs> shut the
1: fuck up Norman <laughs> What the?
0: and we're supposed to be like he's the greatest coach I, I disagree bro
2: if Becks was here he has hot takes on
3: Norman Dale being a horrible a shitty coach
0: yeah He's dog shit.
3: They they have to tell the coach, hey, you know what? I think we can get Jimmy open in that championship game. It's like, what the fuck do you mean? Of, Isn't that your whole game plan, yeah.
0: get Jimmy open? Shouldn't we have been doing that for 46 minutes? <laughs> like, what the fuck are we doing?
1: Yeah, well, you guys are both wrong. Okay. Nick, yeah. <laughs> body bag.
2: Um, so Gene Hackman being an asshole on set yeah, of a person. A, that's my body bag. bag. That, yeah, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm going to body bag that. Yeah. Like, And that's his reputation for... For all directors, based on what David said, his, except, his knowledge except is like, except for iconic. like iconic directors, he's a dick to. My that's pro- a that's a dick. My problem and with it is he's more, one of my favorite actors.
0: Well, that's the thing. Like, is he though? What like, Hackman? Is like, he what a great actor? Amazing or is he a Royal Tenenbaum. I mean, ah,
2: he's pretty. Great. He's pretty. He, he's a. Unbelievable In Wager
0: specifically, like, it's not like he's. Fucking throwing night like, I'm not even as, talking as about Bill Simmons would, would say good he's, he's a body, body He's, a, a body he's of not killing it stuff. in this movie, like dude. Check your fucking ego at the door, dude. <laughs> so, yeah, that's so,
1: wild. So my mine uh mine is a Gene Hackman, but it's the specific ability to kiss <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: or lack ability. I, th-
1: I think I, I separate from like whether se- separate it all from whether or not the scene you know should there should have been a kiss, which I, a I
3: hard kiss <laughs>
1: It was it was it was it was a it was a weird
3: kiss. He kind of wrapped around her in a weird way. The neck, of, the, dude. Mouth, like the the, 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 and the hand around the
1: neck, the head oh. grab. The, 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 the lip position was weird. It just didn't work for me. I I didn't. I wasn't in on the kiss. It's like it's uh, awkward. Like the, the guy like tries a similar move in the uh, porn version
0: of the natural, and it uh, doesn't work. <laughs> I'm uh, glad we got the callback
3: to that.
1: All right, so call great reference, it. call forward. Forward. I did not <laughs> forget. Refer- <laughs> that's, that's a call to the future. Who has streaming recommendations? <laughs> I do. All right. I do. I bet but mine and Nick are going to lock eyes again. Go ahead, Nick. <laughs> I bet me and Brad and Nick are the same. I named God. my dick Rudy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, mine's uh, the
2: way back. Oh It's the little guy so, that could. <laughs> so, uh uh... Okay, yeah. So we're on the pod, so I can't say it. So the way back, um, Amazon. You got to pay for it, three ninety nine. I, I recommend you pay for it. I think you will enjoy it. Um, this is a fleck? This is uh, Benjamin a flick, <laughs> and uh, directed by David O'Connor, who also did Miracle and uh, Warrior and Gavin uh, O'Connor. Oh, oh, sorry, Gavin. That's what I said. It wasn't his and brother. Ben <laughs> Affleck. And also, I mean, it's it's a pretty thin cast as far as notable names. Al Madrigal is pretty much like mm-hmm. the supporting actor, but he's great. Al Madrigal is fucking funny, but he's actually really just a good supporting role in this. Ben Affleck is great, and um, he's an alcoholic battling with, you know, addiction. He's an ex-phenom, a high school basketball phenom who kind of leaves the game, comes back to his alma mater, becomes a coach, and has a chance at, you know, taking on this team and are is he going to take him to championship or are they going to win the big game uh, i'm not going to tell you it's a fun it's a good watch and
3: is it, is it shooters th- alternate reality
2: i'm not going to go that far yeah i mean it's yeah <laughs> it's his yeah his son what's his son's name
3: uh M M emmett
0: emmett Night Shyamalan. Mm.
3: so it's Emmett's <laughs> it's emmett and then it's emmett's son, emmett's has been son. That's yeah right. all right brad what do you got I got Best of Times 1986, which is free on Plex. <laughs> Plex. <laughs> Let's go. If you, if you want some ads, <laughs> if you free want some, on Plex. If you want some ads, you can go to Tubi, Roku, or IMDb. Dude. Oh, you are um, saying
0: free on Plex. I thought that was an actor in the movie, free on Plex. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that guy
3: sounds dope. <laughs> the, the site you can watch <laughs> it for free, the, the, the site you can watch Star it for Charlize free. Theron. It's, it's called Plex, which. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know. Go check it out. I don't know what what you have to do to get free movies, all oh, you guys Flex. subscribe to Plex. <laughs> but but uh best of times of course, if we're, we're talking nostalgic small town movies, uh this is my jam. Hmm. Hoosiers was not my jam. I just watched it for the first time last night, so obviously Best of Times filled that void for me uh, as far as small town nostalgia for uh a, a sport that I love. Maybe check If ch- you
2: don't like it, then
3: hmm. <laughs> Yeah, there's something wrong with you. Oh, all right, Zach. Don't forget, we're going to be checking in with you. Uh, oh, wait, never mind. I can't say that. No, no. Don't <laughs> go into the future, Brad. I not be checking. God damn It future. gets hairy
0: when you go into the future. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, what I think that Nate at least would agree with me is the greatest uh, traps ever in a movie, which Hereditary. is Warrior. Yeah, oh, sorry. And uh, I believe it is on HBO Max. Best traps. And uh, Tom Hardy's traps are popping. Uh We've got um, an amazing story. Just fucking Nick Nolte, just throwing a thousand miles an hour. And uh, if you haven't seen it, god damn it, go watch that I, movie. I I'm kind of thinking
3: that since we've had Sick and Spot on this now, I mean, it just almost seems that it would make sense that Gavin O'Connor should probably come on. Oh, I, feel like nice. that, mm-hmm. I What about I feel da- like... what about David O'Connor?
0: <laughs>
3: Nick's favorite director. isn't he in
1: Terminator? Should we have him on? Right now? <laughs> Um so I can't believe I feel like I, I feel like I got I was the fourth pick in a draft <laughs> and uh, you guys all missed the number 1 pick which is obviously Rudy. Um so you should go and watch if you have not uh David Anspaugh's other greatest you know among the better top movie five, better movie. among the top 5 uh you know best sports movies of all time Rudy 1993 um it's uh absolutely classic the score is great it
3: has it's the same writing directing team um can we and, can we just at least admit and nostalgia aside can we at least admit that that rudy is a well much more well-made movie a hard to disagree no I heart I Hoosiers? I mean I'm yeah. not saying it's not By a 1000%. I I, I I 100% disagree with no. that. I think come on. We're on
1: the same page, Brad. No.
2: I, I don't even like I mean no, the, no, no, the no, no, I no, don't no. even like the way I mean it it ends it's like it's inspirational and everything but like the, to me the way Hoosiers ends is the, way, the way I want. Ending. That's a sports movie I
1: want to see. It, it's also I mean for Sorry. me like and maybe maybe this is just source material, right? But like you know Notre Dame, I mean you know like are we really rooting? I mean, you're rooting for Rudy. So it's kind of like, a Notre Dame movie. But sort of a Notre Dame movie, whereas like and Vince Vaughn is in this...
0: running in football
2: pads. In <laughs> I was just about to say, <laughs> does I that make ask... up for the
0: synth? No, I, I couldn't I lo- bring I myself love... to ask Mr. Anspaugh about Vince Vaughn's athletic prowess. I'm glad you did. <laughs> <laughs> I was like,
3: <laughs> I, I did want to tell him though that. So I didn't realize that one that that Jimmy Chitwood's like Lithuanian or something. Like he looks like Mila Ventimiglia. He's he's, he's not uh, he's not American. And then <laughs> well, he's he's I mean he's American. He's, in American. In sense that he's from, he grew up in the United States, maybe. But yeah. I said, <laughs> okay. so
0: he's from the Ukraine, bro.
3: bro. I, I, no, I, th- I thought it said that maybe he didn't even grow up in the United States. But whatever. I, I don't think. That's anyway, true. I will say that as far as picking a kid that's going to have just a pure looking shot spot on like they oh, picked no, the right I mean, kid that has just a shot that looks just legit like he's going to be draining and Scott, I
1: think he did like a lot of those takes where he's shooting he's kept making it and he, made, he he like made him like did first take you yeah, know he's, one he's, take he's stuff he's definitely crazy. not
3: Tim Robbins 100% uh,
1: well you know Tim Robbins aside, Jimmy Chetwood's a
3: legend. Tim Robbins and Vince Vaughn should be on the same team. It looks Like Marco Benelli. <laughs> well, if I mean, you they will... should come up with a team of the
0: worst, <laughs> the worst actor worst.
3: athletes. Oh, geez, that'd be fun. Oh, we need to do that. Yeah, we, maybe we'll worst
0: make... actor athletes, and
3: we can need Tim to make Robbins? a team. Just make like a team of like yeah, the worst. <laughs> we just got make got to pick portray, a sport. portray an athlete. In, a, in yeah, a, yeah, that's a good one. Oh, I dig okay. that.
1: All right, so if you want to watch Rudy uh, for free and you have Stars, uh, Brad's favorite company, yep. you can watch watch it on Stars or DirecTV, or you can uh, rent it where you rent things. If you guys watched
0: Hoosiers and liked it at all, watch Rudy because I I think Rudy is fucking great. It really is, and. Uh, I, I wanted to ask Anspa about the the fact that I read that he really pushed to have Aston as the as the lead. I never got to. I, we didn't get a well, to. Well, ask I him mean, about. it
1: seems like we might have a Rudy episode in our future. Yeah, I, I think say. we might. So we might have to circle back. Okay, twenty seven. So so we're at the final category of uh, alternate endings or reshelves. Okay. So we either come up with a different ending or we try to move the move, shift the take the box from one shelf and Bevs over to another and make it a different genre. Anybody got one?
3: As much as I said, I like Jimmy Chipwood saying he's going to take that last shot. Jimmy did enough. Jimmy did enough in that game. He had nearly all of Hickory's points. So Dale's coaching was all about there's no I in team, but yet when it comes to Jimmy Chitwood, he's like, fucking just fired up there, buddy. There's a it's wood. all you. It's all you, Jimmy. So when he suggests the final play to be a fake to Chitwood, they should have went with it. They they should have sent, like, someone else is wide open on the final play. Uh, they score the game winner. Like, the kid who gets kicked off the team, then he comes back. Like, they apologize. Like, make that that kid because he's the one who kind of was an asshole to the coach, but now he gets to make that final shot um and they celebrate it's it's the same ending they get to celebrate why has it got to be jimmy Chitwood? like that that seems like they know that if the other team has any sense at all jimmy Chitwood's getting that ball somebody's gonna be open he's still gonna jay in their eye though yeah Just jimmy i don't think jim I, I think you need to give some love to the other because it just basically just discredits all of normandale's coaching the entire movie when he's like oh, no i and team we're gonna be five guys working together and it's like, oh no, just give it to fucking Jimmy. He I mean, didn't want to give it to Jimmy, but I, though. But I think part, but I he mean, didn't want to give it to Jimmy. It was he, he listened to the he like, listened to the players.
1: You. Yeah, and I and I also don't think I guess part of the like pushback against Normandale being a bad coach is just, oh, I mean, if you look at their opening, uh, you know, he he's doing a lot of defensive coaching, right? So like they have a good defensive team, and you see that, you know, that that that's as critical, but just not as quite quite as glorified throughout. So for me, right, the, the Norman Dale being a really good coach and a lot of the fundamental stuff is the stuff that makes it possible for Jimmy to be successful by being a great offensive player, but it's not the thing that's going to – like, without without the rest of it, Jimmy wouldn't be in position to win games for him.
3: Well, it's not that Norman is actually the, the worst coach. The worst coach is the team that they're playing in the championship because <laughs> there was no shot clocks. And yet they're firing, they're up by six and they're just firing it up. And, and they just get the ball stolen <laughs> from them four times. As,
1: as somebody who has coached high school basketball players, let me just tell you, that, that shit happens
3: uh, yeah. all the time. I know, but, but, uh, Like you just want to pull your hair out. No, I'm assuming, but Uh, goddamn, they just could have been just running around, dribbling around in the backcourt with the ball. We're going to have
1: to have uh, our buddy Nate on, who I coached (laughs) with, and see what he has to say about this. I know you're
3: listening out there. Hey, he just gave us a like on Spotify. It came up on my notifications. Our first like on Spotify, I think. I didn't Um, know you could even do that.
1: So so, uh, (laughs) Okay, so any other alternate endings or or reshelves?
2: I got like a – I either have drama or – I'll go with like my slapstick. Comedy. Let's <laughs> do it that way for sure. We I need figured that. Brad would be into it. I was, I was like channeling my Naked Gun, and what what brought me to the Naked Gun was going like way spoof. So when Hopper's talking about talking about the picket fence play, that someone actually starts like building a picket fence like in the play. <laughs> And the Why other is team is, is, like, Gunvers? sitting and watching uh, the paint dry. Don't watch the paint dry. <laughs> they're literally and they know sitting not there. to watch the paint dry, yeah, so that's yeah. how they scored the final match. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> they're watching the paint dry. They they, win. they 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 score the final point. And, uh, you know, Hackman's a, a cross between Les, uh, Leslie O'Neill, Patches O'Houlihan, and you got Affleck because he's battling with his World War II demons a little bit. A little angry. Yeah, He's an angry war vet.
1: Okay.
0: I, I, I'm I'm in on that spoof, by the way. <laughs> so I've 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 got the ultimate alternate ending for, for this movie, and that is that uh Hoffman gets arrested for uh, sexual assault mean, for his uh, aggressive. Hopper, or destined, no, or, uh, Hackman gets arrested for his <laughs> for sexual Hershey, assault you mean for, Hershey. His, for his aggressive kiss of the, uh, <laughs> the young teacher in the woods. And uh, <laughs> and then and then Hopper has to fucking come off the bench and just be like, OK, I'm sober enough and comes in and coaches the team to the championship. Everything happens the same except for except for Hackman fi- kind of rides off into the sunset in the uh, that's cool to the pokey. He goes and hangs out with uh, he goes and hangs out with our boys at uh, Shawshank. <laughs> right,
3: maybe well, maybe sees the sisters. He turns into he's Brooks. You mean? <laughs> does, so, does Jimmy Chitwood have a career after this, or does he? Is he like so kind of like a little uh, bit mentally disturbed that he just never can put it together for a college and NBA? Career? JC, I,
1: yeah, I don't think he, I don't think he ends up playing, going too far. I think he goes to college. I just don't think he has a great college career. I don't think it's. Only the game's built for him to be a success, like a great college well, player. Well,
3: the teacher was talking like he's like academic. Oh, you know, he can get academic scholarships. Like so, he's like brilliant in the classroom as well because the dude says like two words in the whole movie. Yeah, because he's
1: focused on studying. All right,
3: Something he goes.
1: <laughs> he goes on to become Viggo Mortensen, stars in the Lord of the Rings movie.
0: <laughs> is what really
1: happens. <laughs> so uh, I got. I've got. So my reshelf is is the class is the typical uh, uh, and, Keith uh, reshelf. Dawn. It's Hoosiers till dawn. So they show up. <laughs> they show up at the state championship game. They get on the court. The the, the tip goes up, and all the opponent posing players turn play into <laughs> vampires. <And> they're like, <sighs> so now they're trying to like not. They, they they've forgotten all about trying to win the game. They're just trying to fight their way out of the gym. And they're just and so into they. But luckily, there's there's a lot of wood around because it's the 50s and everything's made of wood. So they start breaking off pieces of the bleachers and stuff they're like and the shit vampires. wood. Get some Jimmy, wood.
3: Jimmy Chitwood kills like seventeen <laughs> vampires for every one that his, his ex- teammates kill. Ex- exactly, just <laughs> they're d- like all working together on uh-huh. one. He's just stab, 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 stab. All right, so that's so. So, so my
1: my I, this is not an alternate ending, but so we you know we talked to David about the fact that there's a a lot of a lot of what's cut out in the deleted scenes that they had in the sort of original cut was the development of the relationship between you know the love interests. And so when all that's cut out, he sort of talks about the fact that that relationship doesn't develop the way that it makes as much sense romantically. When I watched it this time and I sort of was thinking about what was cut out, I, I thought, I wonder if, if like in hindsight, you could take it and make them not have a romantic element at all and just have them be kind of confidants and friends. Like if they don't kiss in the woods does it ever even seem weird? Yeah. Like you know it, it doesn't it would kind of absolutely right. it would have kind of felt like there was a little maybe like tension with them, but like they could have just been sort of friends, colleagues. And- Colleagues yeah. front, yeah, yeah. and friends. That's a front. great
2: point. And then the way that he could have looked at her up in the stands the exact same way when they told won, it. and you would have been like, "Oh, we, I knew it." And when and she and
1: you be when told, he turns away from her, yeah, dude. yeah. And, yeah. When she, and when she yells from the stands, you know, it's a good question. You know, that has a romantic, dude, tone flirty to it. Yeah, but but it's not like she she wants to know if this coach comes back. So like for me, it was like you if you literally just remove the kiss, that's wow. the only thing you change.
2: I love that. That's a good it.
1: Kind of takes this and makes it, and, and it kind of makes it progress interesting because like you don't force these two this man and woman to be into a romantic thing and allow them to just kind of be like confidants
3: and it's eight minutes shorter well, that's fine because I was I was going to set up my own screening, which is just take all the basketball out and it's just a love story between. The <laughs> I was going to edit that on my computer tonight. Yeah, I'm with I'm with Nate on this one.
0: I think that's I think that's the perfect uh, way to kind of fix a lot of my problems with this movie. Actually, mm-hmm. and you can you can kind of uh, what you can kind of do if you do that, you take that six minutes of their kind of like falling in love scene or whatever it is, and you kind of add in a little tiny bit of backstory to some of the players, and then it's just a much more impactful movie.
3: Hey, we're none of these. Boys like cracking beers or like partying or. It's Indiana, like, bro. Cindy, that's I. I. That's pretty. Is they all straight Closes narrow? down. At, it's pretty hard they, to get your hands on beer and, and at that time. I bet. I mean, they just. I. I would say my, my one of my least favorite things about this movie is that there's no way to tell the difference between the, the dudes except for like the little short guy. They're really all just like the exact You're just the same. same that
1: all Indiana white guys look alike.
3: They all look pretty like much. Yeah, They're all like true. the same dude, and it's like trying to tell the difference between them, like even in the games and stuff. is like, <laughs> so there are
1: a couple, especially. There's one that looks to me a lot like Jimmy, and I often like see him, and I'm like, wait, that's Jimmy? No, it's not Jimmy. So I, I feel you on that. I, but but I, but I do think that like, you know, it's. I mean, I, I wouldn't have thought of it, but it is a super interesting point, right? That Anspa makes, where he's kind of like a little bit of a, you know, you don't get to have your cake and eat it too, Like right? We wanted athletes that made the basketball good and we didn't get to have, as a result, we weren't going to write a bunch of really deep scenes um, for these, you know, these, these, these basketball players that helped develop their characters in part because like their, the acting wouldn't be there. And I'm in on that because like, for me, this is a basketball movie. Agreed. You know, so like, I don't, I, I got plenty of movies I can watch if I want deep dives on characters. I think the I basketball, basketball, the mode. basketball action is pretty good.
2: Well, and when yeah, you're talking really about a sports yeah. movie, you're talking about a about team really of players. So yeah, that's a big ask to involve yeah. not just the the main character coach, but yeah, involve I mean, two, you, three, four uh, characters on a team and have you like try and get and, the, get invested in and it try it. to have a narrative. And you do get a little bit invested in the in the you know major in, leagues. In, the best in, in, major in, leagues, probably the best movie. The movie
3: that did it the best got developed. Yeah, I will say we didn't talk about basketball fights at all. When there's two major ones where the coach is smacking people and and dudes are getting punched and stuff, and it's just like, oh fuck, let's just keep playing. That's old school, man. He's like old school. He's a cool known basketball. kid puncher.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I
3: know, but uh, but no, I mean, we had Nate. Nate uh, actually didn't get to get involved, but we got into a nice big fight at one of his high school basketball yeah, we, games. Yeah, uh, we they
1: they kept us in the locker room. Yeah, it was it was Good. post it was post game fight. Yeah.
3: All right. Uh, well.
1: That That's Hoosiers. You guys want anything else we want to throw in? I mean, that was funny. Guys. We had David Ansball, and still, it's a little sinking a little in a little. Yeah.
3: Yeah, if you've listened to this full episode, you might as well just go back and listen again because you, you're listening to David Ansball, the guy that directed this this, this
1: directed this and Hoosiers or i mean this and this and Rudy so uh the like, treat.
2: We, i don't think we like described when he held it up in the moment but when he held up the he held up a picture to the oh, screen yes. we check and we it. didn't oh, like we describe it, it to you listeners out there cuz this is a not a visual medium but he he held up a picture to the screen and he says that it he kind of says it spoke uh, volumes and said everything about his experience with Gene Hackman and it's a photograph in the hickory gym and it's kind of almost like um there's like it's there's like a a, a fogginess in the gym, like dustiness, and it's grainy. It's a black and white photo, and it's him um, between takes. It's him. Is it the writer? Is it, was it the, Angelo? It was the ba- no, it's the basketball the basketball coordinator trying to talk to Hackman. Basketball coordinator trying yeah. to talk to Hackman, and it, you know David said it, he said it, he felt like the photo said everything about his experience with with Hackman specifically because Hackman's arms are crossed. Um, Not in the uh, necessarily the pose to receive any
3: type of instruction or feedback, or looking very yeah, like my 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 daughter when she's not going to do something, she's just like no. That (laughs) That
2: dang Brenna, she's so hardcore. (laughs) Yeah, little little having a little fit, and uh, and he said it felt like it said everything. Well, Anspach's got got his head
3: down, like God damn it, here we go again. Just like (laughs) Um,
0: so. The last thing I want to say before we kill this pod is just. Kids out there, if you have a dream, look at look at, look at at BVK Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we said we were like, we should make a beer. We'll call it BVK IPA. Guess what we have fucking have? A beer called BVK IPA. Guess what we did? We were like, let's make a segment called Drinking with the Director. However long it took before we got an actual director on, we got a fucking amazing director from a couple of amazing movies on our podcast. So fucking stick with it, kids. If we can do it, you can do it. I'm trying to be inspirational here, There's just like
1: yeah, man you are the just the- You're the Hoosier.
0: I just need and some Sanders of that video. might make a. He might
3: direct a movie about us. <laughs> well, at least about Zach.
0: What would be the What would be the <laughs> fucking chill moment of that movie? It would be like. It would be like when Nick wins the
3: preseason. <laughs> <laughs> Zach getting his first win and was just like crying tears. We end right there. <laughs> it would, exactly that'd
2: be like the Ollie moment. It'd be
0: like. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be more like the Ollie <laughs> moment. <laughs> Oh, zach just runs they have the dr- same um, head zach <laughs> runs drunk onto the court like fucking are we doing a
4: podcast
2: amen <laughs> oh. hey, hey
0: zach i i preach
1: it though but you're, you're speaking the truth though i'm with you yeah i, I was i had a we were, i was in a conversation earlier with uh court about this and you know it's it's a cool thing to like it you is. try you keep trying to do something you keep trying to do something and i called the, my
2: parents uh I called my brother. I told in my closest circle of people yeah. immediately yeah. what was going oh, yeah. on. And a couple of extra Pretty people. Pretty I
0: called a couple of people, and they were like, what about your commercial with all the dick jokes? And I was like, yeah, that was cool too, but we got a real director on there like, yeah, but what about the dick jokes? And I was like, you're my target
1: audience. Oh, all right, guys. Hey, thanks again for listening. Check us out on Thursday when we will be doing the most uh, memorable game-winning moments in sports film, sports movies. Uh, and we're going to have Kyle Bandujo on to guest. He's the, he's the host of big screen sports uh and so we might also have Kyle Banduho we might you know, <laughs> depending, on, depending on how uh he pronounces his name which we may <laughs> find out okay <laughs> thanks guys see you soon bye bye
2: i want